Mark Hamill is Skeletor? No. No, no, no. No, wait, Jesse, stop scrolling. Stop scrolling. I have some some revelations I want to give to you. Please. I can't help it. I have some revelations to give you, please. (laughs) They're directly related to conversations we've had about cartoons in the 90s. Stop it. I can see your eyes. (laughs) (laughs) You stop it. Scroll, scroll, scroll. Is he he in Scooby-Doo, Zombie Island? Because if so, that's a big deal. Jesse, he's in Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island. Oh my god. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Not Your Father's Movies. I'm Vito. I'm Mike. And I'm Jesse. We're the Dad Fathers coming at you with some big, in a galaxy far away, something. Damn it. What is the line? Energy. (laughs) We're coming at you with that sort of energy tonight. We got a guest named John. John. You're you're a friend of all of us who goes way back, and you're also a big Star Wars fan, I believe. Yes, indeed. Uh, My first experience with Star Wars, I think I was four. Uh, My dad decided, I have a son, and he's going to watch Star Wars. And Darth Vader walked in, and I ran away. So about three years later, I decided, hey, I want to see that again. (laughs) Uh, Dad dug it up from wherever it was, and I don't know how many times I watched it in that first year. But it was a lot. And it was another two years before anybody told me there were any more than just A New Hope. And that, <laughs> oh, wow. that, that had to wait for um, uh, stayed at a friend's house, like other side of the state. And he showed me the other two movies. He was so excited to show me episode five, he gave away the punchline. But I didn't care. I enjoyed it too much. Uh, by punchline, I mean. Oh, oh no. <laughs> um, and then I Wait, got. what? To... <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> I got to see. Uh, I saw episode one. I saw. Mm. got to see episode two and three in theaters. And uh, by the time I was 16, I had read 80, that is eight zero Star Wars novels. And uh, I could I could uh, ramble for ages about, about those. But That's by the time lot. I finished the 80th one, I realized that because of the prequels, they'd published like 120 more. So I said, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> so I, sh- I should probably also mention that when I was... I- I'm-, I'm having a hard time processing the sheer amount. <laughs> I, sh- I probably should mention that when I was in college, I uh, made, uh, made a movie with, the, with my, uh, my roommate... Which, unfortunately, even though I went to school with all three of you excellent gentlemen, uh, none of you appeared in. And I'm kicking myself for that. But uh, it was basically a 45... But this roommate, this roommate, John, who's this roommate? This is uh, this, that certain John Paul Thoreau. We know this I, roommate. Yeah. <laughs> who's been on this show multiple JP. times. JP. Past guest JP. Past guest. Yeah. Past guest JP. Yeah. <laughs> most recently on Signs. Oh, yeah. Yes. He, yeah. He, he played on the... Signs. Uh, he played the Hums. All About the Truth. Mm. Yes, he told me about that. He uh, he played Han Solo in this uh, 
in this goofball <laughs> film. And he basically just imagine Harrison Ford played by Tom Cruise. That's that was the that's what I got out of him. But uh, but yeah, in in a short in short, I'm obsessed. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have well, I have with me for one thing uh, a complete copy of the original script, including the. Uh, the deleted scene with Biggs Darklighter near in the first act, which I could read, you know, if you guys did, oh. begged me to. Mm. Oh wow! But uh, <laughs> it's a pleasure to be on the show. I, I mean, and... we could just sit here and read that whole script. But... <laughs> <laughs> I've also got five and six, but no, we're just talking about a New Hope. Uh, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's an honor to be wow. on the show, right. and uh, let's let's get her started. This is fun. Well, John, we're really happy to have you. Very, very excited that you're here. Uh, I originally, when I like thought of who to have on for this one, I knew it had to be you. You know, we've we've all been oh, friends for you. a long time, and we've all thank talked you. about Star Wars for just stupid amounts of that time. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, especially you and me. And sometimes some of that, this is to your credit, was you telling me about it because you knew so much more of the inside baseball, so much more of the mythology from your 80 book reading run. Also, parentheses, exclamation mark, parentheses, just 80 (laughs) books, holy shit. Open parentheses, lot of commitment, close parentheses. Good, okay, good. Good. Circle gets the square. Um, But we really wanted to have you on uh, for this because you know, here at Not Your Father's Movies, uh, we've just finished up doing our Before Trilogy collaboration with the My Movie Fix pod. And that one is, that's a pretty niche little trilogy that we all loved. Um, but it was, it was something, it was a real passion project. We just wanted to do it. And we found such a great collaborator with Sir. And uh, we hope you go back and listen to those. We just finished up uh, our new release, Dune, at this point. Ooh, Ooh yes. Yeah. Our new release, Dune, which we yeah. have recorded. <laughs> sometimes right. time is a flat circle and sometimes we don't know where we end or where we begin uh, but what all this is to say is that Star Wars has been on our minds a lot because we did see Dune and Dune obviously borrows a lot from Star Wars and also other way around because it came first yeah, yeah. Exactly. a lot of fun exactly yeah. it's called art time is a flat circle <laughs> exactly um, so we wanted to come back, uh, and for our, 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 final month of the year, we're talking Star Wars. We're doing Star Wars, Star Wars episode five and episode six, the OG trilogy. Awesome. Um, and we just wanted to do this because uh, these are big movies and they're big to us. And uh, sooner rather than later, if you click on a show called Not Your Father's Movies, you, you should see Star Wars in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because I think for the very first time ever in our history, we are not asking our typical question. Is this a dad movie? Because we know the answer. This is a foundational dad movie. <laughs> and we want to talk about it. Oh, yeah. Right? Am I wrong? You are absolutely correct. Amen. Preach it, brother. I'm glad Mike said that because there were some reservations I heard in his voice and in his words just like minutes <laughs> earlier. I just wanted to keep you guys on tenterhooks. <laughs> tenterhooks. Oh, this is uh, the correct expression. Yeah. That's fair. But... That's fair. So we, we when we like thought of movies that we wanted to do for this podcast, we came up with a list of movies that we wanted to do before this podcast ever ends. And this was near the top of the list. So we knew we had to get it done sometime. Yeah. It seems like it's a very good time to do it too. You've got you got Dune just came out and yeah. Dune appears like it's going to be in some form one of these epoch making Mm-hmm. films pr- projects in the film world just a- in the development of the art um 
Star Wars definitely was one of those. We'll see if Dune uh, comes anywhere close that uh, the 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 new movie. I mean, but uh, it seems rather fitting to have that is reverberating around around the industry, and we're going to yeah. go ahead and talk about <laughs> the 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 film that was informed by the book and informed the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I, I kind of feel like, too, one of our one of our usual questions is, uh, why are we doing this movie? I feel like the question that we have, I mean, like, of course we're doing this movie. Yeah. That's the answer, of course. <laughs> yeah. But the real question is, why haven't we done it before? Like, why have we waited until we're a year and a, a month and a half or something into Nobody's Not Your counting. Father's Movies? And, uh, and we've never done Star Wars. Why not? Why haven't we done this? I think... Well, at least for me, like when we do big movies, that always makes me a little nervous. And since we've done so many, I don't get nervous anymore. I just, I just say whatever the hell I want now and I'm okay with it. So, (laughs) so that's where I'm at personally. And also we're releasing this in December. And strangely for me, December reminds me of Star Wars because that's when all new Star Wars movies are basically released now. Mm. And the holiday special. And And the holiday special. (laughs) Which we're not talking about today. Or ever. Uh, <laughs> a big reason for me is that um, Rise of Skywalker was the last movie that I saw in theaters um, before Black Widow, which we talked about on that episode. And uh, that's a weird um, one, too, coming back to. Uh, because Rise of Skywalker left such a terrible taste in my mouth. And it it made me really angry at the series as a whole. And I had actually a really hard time enjoying any Star Wars content <laughs> after that at all. Oh, even, wow. even, even The Mandalorian was it was really fun but there's a there's a thing that happens at the end of season two of the mandalorian that very much ties it back into the star wars ethos Uh and when i saw that happen i got kind of (laughs) mad because i was very tired of that yeah and it just i needed a really long break from star wars in order to like it again honestly like honestly like it and now coming back um i guess we'll just start talking about when slash if we'll show this to our kids because i i I came back to it because i showed it to my daughter i showed it to my four-year-old yeah and she was enraptured um she watched the whole thing like eyes wide mouth open she's holding on to my arms sometimes Um, she's covering her mouth there was just like a, a full body experience of watching this and and she loved it she adored it she talked about dark vader a lot which is something <laughs> i remember calling him because darth isn't like a word in the english language so i just i kept saying dark as well cuz he's 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 in a black suit yeah um and it's it was a pretty dark dude he's the darkest he like kills people this is, this is awful he throws that guy against the wall he does. Yeah. he's choking him he's like and he does my daughter like, he... what happened there i said oh she's she's squeezing him yeah was, he's not touching him though yeah, and I, I watched it. The confusion, the the like the, the audible confusion on her face, <laughs> like I could hear how surprised she was. Yeah, um, and it took it took watching this, which is so fundamental and foundational to to me as a movie watcher, through my young child's eyes, to love Star Wars again, to be back in and to enjoy it again. Because honestly, Rise of Skywalker, Disney. You you dragged my childhood out to the woodshed and you shot it in the head. <laughs> all right, I hate that movie so much. Well, I think. Um, all right, I I think it ought to be said, not in contradiction to what you're saying, but when uh, when Lucas was given the American Film Institute Lifetime Achievement Award, and he was given his you know his little speech acceptance, one of the things he said is, if you think of the move the six movies as one, which I do, 
than something about him doing less work for more reward than anyone except Terrence Malick. <laughs> but he did <laughs> he does say That's that good. for him the six movies are one story one film um and of course I, there's there's parallels in you know, the cinematography uh, reflections back and forth which i could ramble about and i don't want to because I, I want to talk about i want to hear what your guys things have to say too so actually, that could lead into a rather interesting question, where, in a real sense, episodes one through six are one story. So why are we talking about just the one movie? Did did you have an uh, an answer, Jesse? I mean, I I could think of one. Uh, like we, I mean, yeah, they, I guess they are kind of all one movie. But well, first off, they're they have to be at least two. <laughs> there's no way so, yeah. at minimum that's a good answer there's no way the original trilogy is the same movie as as the prequel trilogy in my opinion uh they, they look it's, they look so so different the visual language even yeah. is like jarringly different the visual language and then the style of everything just just feels very different but also these are these are complete movies they have um in the original trilogy, they have a complete arc. Um, you know, like at the end of the day in in A New Hope, the Death Star is blown up. The Rebellion seems like they have won a major victory. Uh, Luke is on his way to becoming the Chosen One after being a nobody. And like, yeah, there's a real emotional closure here um, that maybe is not present in Dune, but is present here. Uh <laughs> But I, yeah, it's enough for us to say this is a movie and we can do a whole series on each of these movies individually because there's enough to say about each of the, each of these, at least for me, that I want to do a whole episode on. And, awesome. and only just to add, add to that too, like, uh, at least as far as like a, a dad podcast about dad movies, I was never going to show, and I never will show my children episode one first. It's just not. Oh yeah. yeah, that's not the correct way to do it. Yeah, there's only one yeah. correct way to do it, and that way is episode four first. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. I, yeah. I don't write the rules. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, it's four, five, six, one, two, three, four, five, six. Because that way, yeah. when you yeah. see the new trilogy again, you see it in light of a larger story. And I, I, I don't want to bring up like you know, oh, you should really bring in this. I just wanted to, to, to. I was hoping I could get your guys' perspective on the table with that, and I guess, and also to. To mention this, uh, in prep preparing for the for being on this awesome podcast with you guys, I saw an interview that uh, George Lucas did with Christopher Nolan about 2005-2006. And uh, one in that, he described that when he first wrote Star Wars, like he, the studio said, here's some money, just write a story. And he wrote a 250-page story. And it was called The Tragedy of Anakin Skywalker. And that was like, you know, draft one. Just like, here's everything on the page. And it sounded like what he was saying was like, as can happen when you're writing a story, a character that you didn't expect suddenly becomes very interesting and jumps into center stage. And you got to figure out how to tell that story. And Luke was apparently, for, for George Lucas, that kind of character. And that was the seed in the early 70s that led to, uh, ultimately, to A New Hope. 
Yeah, and it's 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 really cool. I'd like to uh, I'd like to jump into that a little bit further uh, along because I, I have actually have a lot to say about that and like why I think that that is something to use like the Ringers um, rewatchables parlance. That's something that's aged the best, right? Is starting a story in media res. Mm. Uh, but let, let's say <laughs> let's say that for a minute. Um, so I already answered the question when slash if I'll show it to my children, which is I did, and it was amazing. Uh, <laughs> Michael, when slash if will you show this to your kids? I have showed this to my kids all of them no 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 just just the first one. Oh, okay okay but, well i mean i showed it to all of my kids yes um but just the first or episode four. oh yeah. oh okay <laughs> I was i'm not that. sure which one which question you're asking there i have so many of them first movie to the first um, kid second movie to the second kid third movie and so on they're all so, confused they're so confused uh no i just showed it to them this past weekend in preparation for for this um We've been planning to show it to them end of this year and figured, hey, it was time. Uh, they loved it. It was great. Yeah. They've been running around. So, like, my my older daughter is, um, she's she's jumpy. Uh, she jumps around a lot and she gets, she I think she really enjoys getting scared about things. Like, while she's watching movies and running in and out of, of the movie. Because she doesn't have, like, nightmares or anything about him. She's not really scared. It's thrilling, um, but but yeah, she enjoys sort of the drama, um, and uh, that uh, that was what was going on with her. But then my my second daughter um, was just enthralled. She was she she enjoyed it. She actually she did fall asleep for a minute. Um, <laughs> and, well, you know, some of the more boring parts. Yeah, but at the end of the movie, she said they blew it up. <laughs> tiny little chipmunk voice um she was so excited they've been running around so after the movie was over um i was like hey did you guys like the movie and they said i'm r2d2 and the other one said i'm a jawa and i'm gonna catch you and so they started chasing each other around playing jawas and r2d2 uh, which was great they, what an interesting variation yeah, i know i know i was like do either of you want to be luke skywalker they kind of like looked at so, me yeah. like no my yeah. daughter talked the most about the jawas as well she, she just kept saying those stinky jawas yeah. <laughs> Loves being a Jawas, so I guess your daughter thinks that that she's stinky. Uh, it'll come up. It'll come up in play. That's yeah. so great. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, they didn't want to be Luke Skywalker. They were like, uh, I, I think that they were like, he has way too much on his plate. We're way too young to deal with like being the chosen one and all this shit. Like we're gonna we're gonna keep it cool here with like scrap droids and that yeah, yeah. sort of thing. Like that sounds like our speed. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. awesome. So. Oh man! What about you, Jesse? Have you have you shown your kids Star Wars yet? So far, my kids have watched ten out of eleven Star Wars movies. Wow, that's just amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> you. I I remember watching you on Letterboxd in like real time. Like he's not doing it. He's not doing it. <laughs> ho- ho- holy shit! They're watching. He's watching all of them. <laughs> Wait, yeah. had, but. Had, have you guys watched Empire Strikes Back and in, in Return of the Jedi? No. Yet? Yeah, yet. just the first one. Yeah, right? yeah. Same here. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, okay. earlier this year, we started with A New Hope, and then progressively we watched every single one. Last one we watched was um, the Solo Han Solo story or whatever. That movie sucked. I I yes. hate. My kids didn't like it. I didn't really enjoy it. 
and we had to watch it in two settings. I'm like, this is way too dark for kids. I don't, I don't, why is this a Star Wars movie? <laughs> it's like, it's like too dark and too stupid. Yeah. Like, it's not enjoyable <laughs> for anyone. It's like, it's what is going on? Who did you make the movie for? <laughs> At least with Rogue One, I know that movie's made for me and not for my kids, which is why they have not seen that one yet. Hmm. But, like, ah, yeah. oh, man. Yeah. Solo, Solo is actually the only movie I've ever walked out of. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. Uh, but, um, yeah, they've um, they've seen A New Hope, and they, my, my son's two, my daughter's five, and they loved it. And to this day, has awakened things and stuff in their imagination that, that's incredible to see. First off, the concept of bad guys, and there being a host of bad guys who are really easy to tell who they are because they all have helmets on. It's great. And now my two-year-old just runs around with a anything... Uh, is a gun to him. So he'll walk, run around yeah. the stick, oh, yeah. shooting at things, pretending to be a bad guy, of course, not Luke Skywalker. Uh, no, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he always wants to be a stormtrooper, I guess. Their, their armor's so cool. That's the thing. Yeah, it it's so appealing. Cool. Um, cool. But they also got really into planets now because they got into this idea of like, oh, there are other planets and other worlds where things can happen. And the first thing that my daughter asked when she saw a whole planet being blown up by the Death Star was, does that exist <laughs> in real life? <laughs> and I said, no, <laughs> no, there's a distinction. There are other universes, other worlds, other, other places that in your imagination that have that, but not in real life. And so from now on, like something in her vocabulary that she's learned is, does this exist in real life? Does it exist in this world? Uh, so she asks that question about unicorns and all sorts of things now. And that's really cool to introduce this idea between something totally fantastic and science fictional and something that's actually real. Uh, yeah, that's, that, that's, cool. that's amazing. That's yeah. like such an important thing for a child to, to begin to, to distinguish between yeah. the, the reality and imagination. And how the imagination, that makes it more safe to be more imaginative because you don't have to worry about the, it crashing into real life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and seeing a whole planet being blown up, which is so crazy to think about, is what caused my daughter to create that distinction, which is so cool. Um, <laughs> and then also, they're really into space now. They're really into space and astronauts and space shuttles, spaceships. Like, we have this projector that we just go over, like... Uh, it projects things on the screen on the ceiling and it'll go over like comets or planets or whatever and they love it uh so they're getting into like real things based off of this science fiction which it's it's amazing to me so star wars i've shown it to my kids and it's here to stay for all of us forever congratulations jesse yeah. have you guys done like the <laughs> thank you mandalorian or or like the um like any of the Oh, actually, uh, now that I think about it, animation. Uh, the Mandalorian, my daughter, like, walked out while while uh, Liz and I were watching it. So that is technically her first exposure to Star Wars. And to this day, even though we don't let her, I don't let her watch the Mandalorian. I think it's a little too dark. It's a little too, yeah, he's kind of. A guy gets cut in half in the first three minutes. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's a little bit too much. And it's also about a bounty hunter, you know. That's Itch. not the story. Yeah. That's not for, for two or five year olds, but. Yeah, she saw Baby Yoda. And so now, like, every single movie in Star Wars, she's like, does this have Baby Yoda in it? <laughs> Just because she saw him for, like, two minutes one day. Look, Grogu has that power. You know, you cannot mm -hmm. underestimate Grogu. It's amazing. He's so cute. Yeah, he is um, so cute. Uh, Kurtzweil, John, will you show this to your children? I'm, I'm guessing no. Oh, well. 
one must be understanding. Unfortunately, <laughs> I am I am not yet a dad myself, but I absolutely will. And there's a fair chance I will get impatient and show it to them long before they have any concept of what a television is. Mm. <laughs> it's like, you're three days old. Look at this. <laughs> Stop looking Open at that. Look at the screen. Yeah. <laughs> wait. Why are you sleeping? This is important. Oh, okay, wait. That's interesting, though, because you want to show it to them as early as possible. I actually kind of waited because I wanted them to understand, you know, the episode five twist. Mm, I, well, so to does be that honest, matter to I, you? I was kind of joking there, but um, <laughs> I'll probably do something pretty like my own dad, which is like when whenever they're like at that age where they seem like they can get things, I'll just show it to them, but it'll probably be a little too early and then try it again. But mm. who knows? Mm. Who knows? They might yeah. catch on to it like yours. You got to incept those ideas early, you know, just <laughs> yeah. them in there so that it becomes like a part of their DNA. Yeah, yeah so they're like, anyone could be my father. <laughs> <laughs> and then you show them Tangled. They're like, anybody could be my mother. <laughs> Who? What? What is Bloody. parents? No one knows. <laughs> it's fluid. Um. <laughs> See, walk in. Uh, I walk into the room while they're sleeping. It's just like, the, may the force be with you. May the force be with you. May the force be with. Just, just ingrain <laughs> that. They're just muttering it to themselves while twitching. Um, well, I wanted to ask this question a little bit out of order because this movie is so big on nostalgia, and I kind of wanted to go. In, in reverse order, like, like what are we doing to create nostalgia in our children for this? And then maybe how does that reflect on, on our own for this movie? Like, it is so, John, you, you brought up the point very well about how you wanted to do this sort of thing that your father did. And I, that's kind of why I wanted to, to go this way is because there's something very deep in us when something, at least for me, where something this big, this huge in my life, I want to replicate that for my kids because I know that's how it worked for me and I know they're like me. And the way this was for me is I, I was never, there was never a moment where someone said, uh, this is Star Wars. I was never sat down. What we had were, um, VHS copies, uh, that were recorded off of it showing on TV and it had the commercials still in it from like TNT or HBO or whatever. And, um, I had just had three VHS tapes and it just was labeled Star Wars episode four or five and six. And I remember at a certain point, my mom said, oh, that's Star Wars. And I don't remember my first time. What I remember is going back repeatedly over and over and over over the years and just watching these recorded, pre-recorded tapes like to death and and going on the journey from episode four to five to six uh, as, as like one unit. Um, and I, I can't replicate that experience with my children uh, because I, I don't think my mother cared too much about Star Wars. So I think it was more like, oh, yeah, those are good movies. Like, go ahead and watch them. Like, you're getting my hair for a little bit. Yeah. Um, so I kind of wanted to do, like, a reaction to that and say, no, make these events. Like, I sat down with my daughter, and it was just us two just watching it. And that's what I want them to be. I want it to be time with dad. Yeah. Uh, like, truly demarcated time where she, to Jesse's, always using this as a criteria, and it's a great criteria. When they think about a movie, I want this to be one of those movies. And the experience of being with dad and watching it happen. So my nostalgia of it being sort of like a like a phantasmagoria, like a fever dream of it just being like, is that in, like I I truly couldn't remember where the like Jabba the Hut died at a certain like which movie it was in just because I was like I don't know they're all one movie. Um, 
and that that's kind of like my my nostalgia growing up with it and then of course i played i played all the star wars video games mm-hmm. um yeah it was just so big in my life i never went i i read like some like ya star wars stuff but it was dumb mm, i stopped yeah. it that, those were always pretty subpar yeah it was like the like the poor early photoshop covers um <laughs> yes yes yeah they're yeah. really bad but like i remember um one of the first video games that i ever really loved and played and beat myself was um the star wars jedi knight um outcast, jedi outcast yeah, where you play as kyle katarn yeah hell yeah i love yeah. that game yeah i think that might have been the first video game i ever played nice i i was i like I played it for about an hour at a friend's house, and I just like shit the bed with it. Like, it's I so hard. It was really hard. It's not I didn't easy. Know what I was doing. Yeah, he was just <laughs> laughing at me. Because <laughs> like it, in that in that game, you're you're sorry, Jedi Outcast. Um, you you are you were a Jedi, and now you're not. And so half the game, you don't have a lightsaber, and it's super annoying. <laughs> you're like trying to shoot stormtroopers, and the blaster goes in like a randomized pattern, so it's really hard to hit people. You're like, this is why everyone messes all the time. <laughs> And it like really puts you through the paces until you get your lightsaber and then then the game shifts perspective and now you're in the third person and now you're actually like dueling Jedi's and that was so cool to me and then when Jedi Academy came out that just rocked my world like oh. I could have a I could have two lightsabers I could have a lightsaber staff it was just pure wish fulfillment Okay um, I just realized I I was thinking of a different game I was thinking of an earlier game So there's Dark Forces Dark Forces 2 that's that's the one that I that I that where you're Kyle and you're I, I I'm not even sure if Dark Forces had Kyle. I never really played that game, but it seemed like in Dark Forces Two you were Kyle trying to figure out who your dad was, basically, and trying to I don't know. It, the story is so vague to me now, but like there was this epic moment where you get to choose whether or not you're part of the light side or the dark side in the middle of the game based off of like how many civilians you killed in the first half of the game and then then if you were the dark side you got all these amazing powers and if you were the light side you got like to heal and it was (laughs) the light light side the light side superpowers are so lame sorry force powers are so lame yeah it's so stupid you get like meditate or you can like raise your shield it's like why am i doing that and it's like they have force choke. You can pick people up and throw them. And force like, lightning. Force, and then lightning. There was another one called everyone on the screen. There was one called force <laughs> destruction. You literally just shot a ball out and it explode. It's like I want to do yeah. that. <laughs> that's better. <laughs> Clearly, that's better. Um, there's a moment in in Jedi Academy where you have to uh, fight. Uh, you you don't play as Kyle Katarn in that one. You you actually play a, a Jedi Padawan. And if you choose the dark side, you have to fight Kyle Katarn at the end of the game. Um, and, and I'm looking at like video game videos and everything. People are like, this fight was surprisingly hard. I remember being a kid and I just maxed out my dark force abilities. And then I was like, oh, I got to fight Kyle. All right. (laughs) 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 I just really let the hate flow through me. It was really easy. (laughs) Um, that was, that was, anyway, that's, that's just like a ton of my nostalgia. And that was like important life lessons that yeah. taught you. Just let the hate flow through you. And let you it can flow. conquer everyone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Especially All right. your, your dad. No, we don't want to teach the kids yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. But like, what, what about, what was your nostalgia, Mike? Like, especially looking at it in the, in the light of, of how you showed it to your kids. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I did the same thing. I, I wanted to make an event for my kids and we kind of built it up over several months, like talking about it a little bit here and there. Um, and, uh, and we want to kind of keep it being an event. I think we're going to wait until we show them 
five and six. I've been thinking about that um, too. I think yeah. I want to, I want to solidify the love. Yeah. Yeah. They know that it's around, but like, see other kids have started seeing them. So I want them to get, I don't know. Well, I don't know. Our, I'm our kids about can it. hang out and then they can just talk about Star <laughs> yeah, Wars. Yeah. We won't let them hang out with yeah. anybody else. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but for me, um, that'll only dilute the purity of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I grew up, I, I was kind of in a bit of a bubble um until i was about five because i grew up uh with really around. bad allergies right boy in a plastic bubble <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that's it that's me it was uh, a my life um <laughs> no no we were traveling around um into places where like we didn't see we didn't speak the language of other people they didn't really have vhs's at the time so i moved back to the states when i was about five and I learned about Star Wars from a babysitter who came over, um, and she was incredible. She was the best babysitter ever. I don't know her name. She's out there somewhere, I'm sure. She's great. If you have any idea who you are, <laughs> good job. Highly um, recommend services. Highly recommend. She's probably like 40 now. Um, but, uh, but she was a great babysitter. I'm sure she's successful in whatever she's doing. Um, but she asked us if we'd seen Star Wars, and we said, Star Wars? What's that? And her mind was blown. Like, she's 12 or something or 13. I don't know how old babysitters are supposed to be. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and, and, and like, she's, you know, a normal human being. And she's like, how have these kids not seen Star Wars? My sister's a couple years older than me. So I just remembered, like, running around in the basement playing Star Wars. And, and we had this toy that we used to, like, make the jump into, into hyperspace. <laughs> and, like... <laughs> Like, it was amazing, and she, like, she painted the picture for us and just blew our minds, and so when our parents came home, um, we were like, Dad, Mom, we played Star Wars. We're like, oh, yeah, Star Wars exists. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) And my dad was kicking himself because he had loved Star Wars as a kid and um, hadn't revisited it in years because they didn't, they weren't able to stream stuff back then, Yeah, uh, back in the... Back in the times of yore. Uh, <laughs> like 1990s. <laughs> um, also, VH- also now called turn of the century. Like mid-1990s. <laughs> turn of the century. Holy shit. <laughs> but so he, you know, we had, an, we, we made an event. We watched it. I don't really remember when we first watched it. Um, but I remember that we watched it all the time. All three of them. My sister and I would fight all the time about which one was the best. And, you know, for some reason, I really liked six the most as a kid. As a, I, as a kid, that's very defensible. It's yeah. a very, like, action-packed movie. He, he gets oh, the yeah. green lightsaber. Yeah. You know, he does a He's lot of cool stuff. He's got, like, the stuff. black suit and the boots. <laughs> yeah. And, and, like, it's the yeah. conclusion of the story. But my sister always had good taste. She she loved Five the most. Because uh, it's got the love story in it, you know. I guess. I don't know. It's weird. Um, you know, kind of like a boarded love story. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, Jane. Um, <laughs> I don't know about that. I love tape. the history of calling out your sister <laughs> for all of her dates yeah. and she never listens to it. I'm just, I'm just thinking about like like our childhood. You know, we're seven or whatever. We'll make a super um, cut and send it to but, her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then in 1997, I think it was, uh, winding up to the release of, um, I guess it was winding up to the release of the new series uh, or, or to the prequels. They re-released all three of the um, original trilogy in THX. Uh, they had redone the sound. They'd added a ton of stuff to the to the movies, and I think that was the first movie I went to see in the theaters. My dad took us. Wow! Um, and I remember walking to the theaters with him, and just like 
like wow we're going to a movie theater there were people like lined up for it you know it was it was a huge event um and uh it, it was just a great great time we went to go see all three of them um and it's one of those memories that i cherish deeply because i don't know he he was a busy man and and uh he you know i've got several memories that he took specific time to spend with us and and that was one of them uh and it was something that he loved so deeply that he wanted to be sure to share with us in a very direct way um so that's you know i i'll, I'll never watch these movies without thinking of him um and uh i i would love to talk to him about them now because you know, I'm sure he had a lot of thoughts about him yeah. in general. Yeah. So that's my nostalgia. John, what about you? What's your... So are we talking... This is our own nostalgia from when we saw it as kids. Yeah, yeah. Like, like maybe your first introduction. I guess you've talked about that a bit already. Well, it um, it uh, it it was a slow a slow build, to be sure. Like, for, for Dad, it was like... It was a recorded off of television tape home record with commercials edited down um and i think it was like the last of like four movies could dad 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 loved a good movie and he'd you know if one came on tv he'd pop a tape in and he'd, he could fit four on those eight hour uh home record tapes and so i think it was like the last one of that particular one and so you'd have to like stick it in and like fast forward and then like fast back and then yep, forward and yep, back yeah. and like try to get right to the right spot. Mm-hmm. That's really frustrating. <laughs> Remember how things used to be? Really annoying. <laughs> back then it was just like, well, I guess this is just the world. I'm so glad it's so convenient. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, that was it was it was just like I saw the first one and then I had no idea there was any more. But I know I watched that first one a number of times and then I got watched. I was shown five and six like on the same afternoon and you know, the world got like eight times bigger and uh... (laughs) that's wild, man. I can't imagine fitting those into my head when I was like at the same time. Yeah. (laughs) I was, uh, let's see. I, I know I dressed up as Darth Vader for Halloween at least once, but (laughs) my, uh, my physique and shape of my face are similar enough to Mark Hamill that I would just dress up in the black thing with a black glove. I got the lightsaber, and I must have done that seven times yeah. <laughs> on seven awesome. different Halloweens. That's just what I did because it was perfect. You couldn't ask for a better character than Luke in Episode Six in that simple black outfit and the sincerity in his eyes and just that raw strength. Mm-hmm that you know that that he had so and it just sort of and then i found out there were books and i read one um the first one i read was terrible <laughs> there there are <laughs> lame star wars novels uh but then i discovered good ones and you know on and on and then ended up making a movie uh homage to them all but it's just it's woven itself into my life irrevocably like mm-hmm. i'm not the sort of fellow to have you know, uh, souvenir China sets in a box in the corner, you know, all that sort of thing. But it, it means a great deal to me. And it's part of not, qu- I, I, not quite in the way that like, uh, like Jesse's kids have, 
have learned about basic distinctions of the world because of uh, because of it. But it's like it was one of those things that was enough like real life behind all of the fun difference appearances that when you get to fundamental life questions you can look back at how the characters in these and i would include the prequels in that for my experience very look anakin's journey in that is very very powerful to me mm-hmm. uh but we're not here to talk about those but i mean it's all absolutely a part of my life it's going to be a part of my family's life for as long as I'm around. Yeah. And yeah. So it's amazing. Je- Jesse, how much do you rhyme? I, I rhyme. I guess I rhyme some like, uh, yeah. Like talking about how, what star Wars is to me growing up, star Wars is always, I've never been particularly moved with star Wars. I don't know why, but, like, Star Wars is always just, like, just pure fun. Just pure fun for me. Um, So that's, it's me and my family sitting around to watch, like, a blockbuster tape uh, of Star Wars. And, yeah, that's my first experience with it. Yeah, just being, like, just, yeah, I guess, like, I'll be kind of being blown away by it. You know, the introduction to, to the new worlds and... The fact that there are other places, there's a whole planet worth to explore somewhere out there. That's amazing. Uh, that there is this guy, and I okay, I guess I guess I do rhyme with John now, like uh, the the Luke Skywalker bit where I, I feel like I, you know, when you're a kid, you feel like you can't do a lot of things, you know, and you feel like you want to say something like, you know, I. I was going to go to Tashi to get power converter or whatever, you know, uh, you know, like I relate to that. I, I related to that at the time. And then to realize that there's like that potential in me. I think that, yeah, I guess I, I did find that in, in a new hope in particular. Yeah. I, uh, I have great memories just watching this with my whole family. I, I can't remember if it was a big event or not though. Like, I was too young. I think it was like four. I don't remember what my impressions were at the time. I think we all sat down and watched it. And then I watched like any time we rented something from Blockbuster, I would watch it multiple times. Like the next day I'd watch it at least one more time. Like I had to, because we only had it for that. Those few days for the few days you had to glean everything you could from that tape. <laughs> so absorb it, absorb it all. <laughs> memorize it. I would do that. Uh, so like we got the tape and I, I just watched it incessantly and I became obsessed with C3PO. I don't know why, but I just loved <laughs> the hell out of C3PO. And I was so excited for the Phantom Menace to come around later because like it's the inception of C3PO. Like what? <laughs> That was like the selling point for you. It was like, wait, wait, we're going to find out where C-3PO came yes! from? Yes! I am in! Yes! So you were totally like blown away by them. You're like, this is great. Yeah, I am would... totally, I, all my expectations <laughs> are met. Oh, yeah, and beyond. And beyond. Like, yeah. That's amazing. All Star Wars, like, yeah. And then, of course, yeah. So I saw all three of the original with my family at home and had my mind blown and then got to see the rest of them in theaters with my family. It was great. Um, yeah, so this is strongly, like, in my childhood. And then, like, for, for my kids, 
you know, I wasn't able to take him to a theater like like Mike had, but I um I was able to like make a big deal out of it. I was able to say, "All right, mom is gone. <laughs> She's I think she was like vis- out visiting a friend." It's just like and they were kind of upset. So it's like, "Okay, you know what we're going to do? We're going to watch Star Wars." And they're like, "What?" What's Star Wars? Like, what's Star Wars? It's going to have spaceships. It's going to have aliens. It's going to have other planets. They're like, what are other planets? There are really big places where other people live. And they got really excited. <laughs> and I was like, it's going to have guns and firing. And it's going to have bad guys and good guys and all these things. And so they got kind of excited. And then, of course, I, you know, I go to Disney Plus because that's what we can do now. And you hit the button <laughs> and... You know, instantly the Star Wars logo pops up, and they are enthralled. They're totally in for it. They're like, Dad, what does the text say? Then I start reading it to them. Um, Yeah. And so, like, this has become... They're like, I don't know those words, okay? Yeah. (laughs) And so it's become a thing in in the house, basically. Like, if I make it special now by saying, we're going to watch Star Wars. And uh, they get really into it. And it's, yeah. Them associating that with me is like, it's been accomplished. Like, finally, I can say on this, on this show, like, yeah, this has happened. They associate Star Wars with me very strongly because Liz does not like Star Wars. <laughs> it's, it's, it's one of the few flaws in her character, as we have discussed. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, uh, yeah. yeah. It's here. Wow. It's here strongly in my life and my, my new family's life. Yeah. Fantastic. Wow. Do you guys want to hear a funny story that's really embarrassing about me? Please. Oh, we love it. We actually so, should have a whole corner for this, yeah. I think. I, I'm, I've got like a bunch of them sitting in the back of my head right now. I don't know why. I don't know why these are all coming up. But um, I, I told Vito a couple earlier, but I'm not going to share those ones. Those were um, good. Those were good. Uh, no. So when I, when I was a kid, uh, we had this tree behind my house. Um, it was this fantastic tree, gave some great shade. But one day we came home. And there had been like a hurricane. We were living on the East Coast. There had been hurricane type like winds and they had knocked the tree over um, into the backyard. And the whole backyard was like, so they had to take the tree out. It was was cool, but like they wouldn't let me play back there for some reason. I don't know why. I wanted to like climb in the broken tree. (laughs) Lame parents didn't let me do that. (laughs) So they they took the tree away um, and all that was left was this stump. And the stump, so we had this fence and the tree was on the other side of the fence. Um, and I love this tree, but we weren't allowed to go outside the fence, especially out of this gate, by ourselves, without our parents, because, like, the road was right next to it, and we were, you know, five. Mm-hmm. Um, but one day, the gate was a little bit open. I was probably, like, six or seven at this point. I had seen Star Wars many times, and I go out there. All that's left of the tree is this stump. And I was like, you know what this stump is perfect for? A reenactment of Luke Skywalker on Tatooine watching the two suns come down. <laughs> and so I would go out there every single day and just like stand there one foot up on the stump, just look up the street. <laughs> like like we had this hill that went up to the pool that was in the community or whatever. I would sit there <laughs> so every day. Like, you're reenacting Luke staring at the sky. The literally least interesting moment and kind of weird moment and 
Seven-year-old Mike doesn't understand a thing about why he's doing this, like, what this means. Like, he wants to leave. He wants to get away from this place. Like, he's, this is a symbol of, of him trying to leave. I did not want to leave home. I loved being at home. It was great. But I thought if you're a very brave Jedi Knight, you put your feet on stumps and stare off into the distance. <laughs> the music swells. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and so the music in my head was fine, and like cars would drive by. Like, that's that weird fucking kid. Kid just stares at the hill. <laughs> He's just what staring at you. What is he doing? <laughs> All the neighbors like, what? What is going on with him? He shouldn't be out here. He's a child. He's, he's a little different. I guess. <laughs> so there you go. That's that's my my present to all of you. That's, that's, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a good one. You know what? You know what's funny? Like I didn't do that, but that scene of him looking out at the two suns really struck me too. When I was like five or six, I don't know yeah. why. Because well, like, there's two suns. The, yeah, you know what? That's it. There's just there's two suns. When do you when do you see two suns? My all right. What's really cool is my kids are blown away by this now. My kids are like, there are two sons? What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even now. I, I try to explain. They don't, I don't think they believe me. Even now, I'm still, tr- as an adult, I'm trying to wrap my, my head around like the two son concept. Like, how long does a day last? Right. Ooh, like, well, if it's a tight oh, yeah. binary system, that it would only be slightly longer than a day here. I, but does like the Earth's rotation? Does, does no, Tatooine's no. rotation speed up as it like is gets whipped around two fucking suns? Or does, you know, how long does a year know. last? Does it go on like an oval shape? Like this blows my mind still as an, as an adult, I guess. But I can je- je- I can guarantee Jesse, you that- I feel like your concept of time is ready to be blown wide open. I can guarantee because- you that there are uh, answers to all of these questions on the internet. <laughs> it's, it's in it's in Wikipedia, right? Most Isn't likely. that what it's called? Most yeah, likely. yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it's not a stupid joke, by the way. That's like an actual. Oh, site yeah. If you don't know that yeah. out there, listeners, Wikipedia is real. It's a source for all Star Wars knowledge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I used or- it extensively to prepare for this episode, and also when I'm just in the bathroom, bored, <laughs> looking at stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I have to. I have to ask. Did you guys also try to well wait until everyone else was gone? You were sure you were alone. And then see if you just happen to have the force? Yeah. I didn't wait for anyone to leave. (laughs) I'm still trying. (laughs) Yeah, if you just... (laughs) The best part is your guys' screen froze just as Mike started screaming. Okay, it's perfect. Great. No, I I definitely did that all the time. And then, like... like, I knew the difference between reality and fantasy. I did, but you just want to, you know, be sure. You, like, you would be you would be the dumb one if you could do it and you just didn't because you never tried. Like, you yeah. would be the stupid one. Right. Yeah, like the time when I was 16 and I tried to breathe underwater. Oh. Well, you have a lot of this. Are you okay? Is there something going on? How did you get here? I don't know. Luck. And just think, if you were the one kid that could make the force happen... And nobody else could. I mean, that would be the best thing anybody could possibly imagine. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I heard that. That was the chair. The chair is very squeaky. It's a very old chair. It I think it must be Mike see. using the force again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I did the... I, I introduced the... See, kids, I've got the force to, to my yeah. kids. Yeah. Uh. I did that to my wife, and they were like, whoa! <laughs> 
<laughs> and she was very upset um, with me for doing that. So sorry, honey. I yeah. love you. <laughs> Does she? Is she gonna listen to this? Yeah, she probably oh, cool. will. That's nice. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I'm glad yeah. that that message went out there. So I guess I guess you know we we've gone through some of our nostalgia. Why we're we doing this? Uh, let's just talk just a little bit about who this movie comes from and kind of get us into the movie a little bit itself. Now usually we do a, a pretty good exhaustive cast and crew. Uh, I'm not really interested in doing that here. Um, we have our three big main players, plus plus old George Lucas himself. So George Lucas, written and directed by this man. Um, yeah, he's known. He's Star Wars. Everyone knows who George Lucas is. The man mm-hmm. needs no introduction. He has shaped popular culture uh, probably for all time yeah. now. And it's it's always fun to see a guy who's had that kind of impact, and you look at him, he's just like, you're a middle school history teacher, right? <laughs> yeah, it's just he's just a humble as all get out. He's just him, and the way and the way that he talks, you know, he just is a kind of a quiet talker. He just, he just his little stories about the universe. <laughs> like, how did you get this made? You know, you know, it's Spielberg and everyone. Like, how how could anyone hear you talk? Uh, but he made this. He made this towering um, enterprise, and uh, so we got our three main stars here. We have uh, Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford. And Carrie Fisher, uh, none of whom were were very well known at the time. I believe all of whom were just like trying. They're kind of working actors in some mm-hmm. things. I mean, the Mark Hamill is like in some. They're all in some TV. Harrison Ford was in American Graffiti, also for George Lucas. Also was a carpenter at the yeah. time. Yeah. Um, Did you know that Harrison Ford actually showed up at the uh, auditions to read opposite the people who were auditioning? Nice. So really? that's what you'll see. There is a. Uh, a casting audition video of Mark Hamill reading for, for Luke, or he might he might be reading for Han in that one. But right next to him is Harrison Ford, not thinking he's he's auditioning for anything. Yeah, <laughs> being totally natural. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. And and he he if you look at Harrison Ford too, he be bebops around a lot. I mean, prior to this, he's also in uh, in the conversation for Francis Ford Coppola. He's in that for like a scene or two. And it's weird that he's in it because now we know he's Harrison Ford. Plus, he's incredibly good looking. So you have this guy showing up delivering like three lines. And you're like, <laughs> that's Harrison Ford. He is. Look at him. He's beautiful. <laughs> it's actually really distracting. I don't know why Coppola thought it was a good idea. Um, it's like Clint well, Eastwood walking you know. into that one episode of Maverick for yeah. five minutes to deliver a few yeah. lines and be grumpy at James Garner and then leave. <laughs> yeah. And you like. You're like, what were you thinking? I know they're probably just trying to break him, break him out and open. But after this, of course, he's he's Harrison Ford's Indiana Jones. You know, he goes on to have, be, have this illustrious career, um, uh, you know, Rick Decker and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but Mark Hamill is really interesting as oh, is Carrie yeah. Fisher. So Harrison Ford goes on to become your your typical leading man. Everything goes right for him. Yeah. Um, and continues going right as he's currently filming Indiana Jones Five for some reason. <laughs> didn't Didn't Harrison um, Ford win the AFI Lifetime Achievement Award too? Probably. I think he did. Or or uh, the Academy Award for Grumpiest Man uh, Ever. <laughs> Special <Yeah>. Oscar. <laughs> Special Oscar for also guy who forgets his co-star's name on every movie. <laughs> yeah, he's, like, like, he's sitting next to Ryan Gosling doing press for 24 hours. He's like, and then... Um, and he's... Ryan. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ryan. <laughs> he didn't even say I'm sorry. He's no, like, he just kept going. Yeah. Yeah. You. Spent months with this guy in a shoot. Uh, but Mark Hamill was weird. Oh, wait. Mark hold on. Hamill hold on. In... Last, all right. What was the last thing Harrison Ford was in? Was it Blade Runner 2049? Call of Call the Wild. Call the Wild. Call the Wild. It? Okay. Okay. Yeah. So he's still, he's still doing stuff. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Kinda. That was in 2020. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I guess, you know. 
Doesn't he have Parkinson's or something? I, I there was a bunch of rumors that he had like dementia. I don't know if he does. There was the press had a real he had a real hard time there in the mid two thousands with the press. Yeah. I think he wrecked a plane. Um, oh yeah, with him. Yeah. Well, and people were like, "Oh, he's senile now," but I don't think he is. He's just like they're like no one could be that. No one could forget Ryan Gosling's name and except except, except he just doesn't give a shit. Yeah, yeah except he was... Harrison Ford, he doesn't. Answered anyway. Yeah. I've actually yeah. met him in real life very briefly. Yeah, yeah, he's he's incredibly grumpy. <laughs> so I so he's like an anti Anthony Hopkins. Yes, exactly. <laughs> in real life. Oh uh, wait, he, shit. Who who's the dude? The Big Lebowski. Jeff Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges. So I I heard a weird comparison one time that that Harrison Ford is basically the dude from The Big Lebowski, and Jeff Bridges is actually like. Han Solo from from Star Wars. I don't know why. <laughs> I, I, <in> real, <laughs> it, was a, it was a fairly brief interaction I had with Mr. Ford here, and I've never met Jeff Bridges, but uh, he, Harrison Ford growled thank you at me. <laughs> like, he growled at me. Thank you. For, for like, I directed, I directed, he asked, he pulled up and he asked where to go, and I was like, oh, over there. And and then he's like, here. And then he was gone. But he was he was really grumpy about it. He was like angry yeah. at you. For kind me. of, yeah, that he had to ask. But I don't know. he he also had a stroke in in the two thousands, right? Yeah. So like half of it, he can't control half of his face very well. Not he he speaks pretty clearly though. Like as we see in the movies, like it's it's, it's still pretty clear. He's growl like he's he's growly, but he, he doesn't seem there doesn't seem to be a paralysis that I, that I can see anyway. No. I, yeah, I, I, I think it's you there. Really, you really Nothing want to, to go say. down this Harrison Ford personal life rabbit hole here, Jesse. I, I, I don't know. I like Harrison Ford. Is he an Ford. asshole? Or is he is he a, do you think he's an asshole? Hand, handicapped. No, I, I think it's a, a little bit of both. <laughs> <laughs> he was grumpy before. Like, he was grumpy in 2000. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you make Hollywood homicide, it's going to make anyone grumpy. <laughs> if, if, you're in, if you're in Ender's Game, you're going to be grumpy. Yeah. <laughs> if you're in yeah. Indiana Jones 4 you're going to be super grumpy, <laughs> really grumpy. <laughs> I, it, honestly if you look at his IMDB right around like 1997 is Air Force 1 and then oh, like 97 it. and like 2010 is just it's just a oof. <laughs> you're just like oh man you made every wrong choice. Firewall. Um, I Crystal en- Skull. <laughs> I enjoyed Firewall and I enjoyed Air Force 1. I don't know if those are any good, but I enjoyed those. No, I, no, I was, no, I was saying Air Force One is like the last good one. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Because like Firewall, I remember seeing that when I was 15 and like uh. it being fun, but it, it is nothing compared to his earlier work. Oh, like it's it's pretty trashy. Yeah. Do you guys remember remember, uh, remember K-19, The Widowmaker? That was so boring. <laughs> nope. Super boring. So, so boring. Do you guys remember Clear and Present oh, Danger? That... Yeah. Yeah. Is K-19 the one about the submarine? I hate you. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Clear and present danger. Yeah. Is, is, uh, K-19's the one about the submarine, right? Yeah. Where, where they don't... Yeah, re- that was like co-produced by the History Channel. <laughs> right. And isn't a key point of that plot the the they're afraid that a nuclear reactor melting down is the same thing as a hydrogen bomb? And that it's definitely so. not. <laughs> You're asking me to remember what happened in middle school when I saw a movie on a school night. <laughs> that okay. sounds right. I was really into submarine movies for a little while. Yeah. Uh, the only okay. one I can really remember is U571, U-571. Yeah. which is amazing. Yomi <laughs> Oh, all right. I know, I know where your mind's right. going. <laughs> Two uh, more big ones that I love about Harrison Ford, though. All right. Uh, the Fugitive. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
I think we all. I, I, we have to cover that that one sometime. That's, yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that movie. Yeah. It's the sort of movie I, that like. Well, but, well, they designed it perfectly because in that middle of the picture where Harrison Ford's story kind of lags because like you know who he is, he's just investigating. Tommy Lee Jones just explodes into this fascinating character that you'll never forget. Yeah. And then yeah. the two of them finish it together. Oh, I didn't yeah. kill my wife. I don't, I don't care. care. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Have you guys have you guys seen another Harrison Ford movie, Witness? That's Wait, the one. Uh, yeah, Dude, I love the Witness. I I love that movie a lot. I have not seen Witness, guys. Yeah. You haven't seen Witness? I haven't seen oh, Witness. Witness rules. My, what is I, so good? I, it I is so eighties. It's I really. I know 80s. that was one of the first uh, dates my dad took my mom on. They went to see Ooh, Witness. Cool. It's it's uh, it's quite. There's quite a steamy scene in there. There's a that's actually one of my my father-in-law's favorite movies and one of my one of my favorite memories uh, of of being around my father-in-law is actually. Uh, when we sat down and just, he just said, Witness is a good movie. I said, I've never seen Witness. He goes, well, let's watch Witness. <laughs> he just turns it on. <laughs> uh, it was a really lovely afternoon. It's, it's a really fun movie. Yeah. With like a really surprisingly violent final act. Yeah. Yes. Like when it happens, you're like, holy shit, this is a different movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Witness is really good. Um, have you guys seen uh, a Presumed Innocent? I no. don't think no. so. That one's that one's a really cool one. That That's like a... He, you know, Harrison Ford usually plays like straight up good guy or like just slightly scuzzy good guy. In that one, he's he's actually not that good of a guy, and Ooh. the movie is really twisty and super turny. Um, it's a fun one. I, I I like that one a lot. I got it in a two pack Blu-ray with Frantic that he's also in, and that one's really good too. Like the the two of them combined because they happen like one after the other. Really good, really good. Uh, Seeking okay. out fun thrillers. Yeah, yeah, I will. I, I love Harrison Ford, and I love the movies that he starred in. So I, if you say he's in a movie that I haven't seen, I will go watch that. Honestly, just just look at his IMDb and just start going one after the other. Even <laughs> if it's not like necessarily good, it'll still be like amazing because he's really good in up that, to up n- until again Air Force One. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you guys seen this one movie? It's kind of a weird one. It's also sci-fi though. It's called Blade Runner. Blade Have Runner. you ever heard of that? <laughs> nah. Look, I've been trying to, to hold in my, my Blade Runner hive love. Probably a Bollywood ripoff. Really, yeah, I think it's just a yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we discussed doing Blade Runner and Blade Runner 2049 and I was told off by saying oh no those are too heavy and now here you are poking the bear and asking me to talk about Blade Runner are we going to talk about anything else here uh, like well, like I'll, Carrie Fisher are we, oh wait sorry I'll provide a last Harrison Ford I think this just uh, came across this little tidbit apparently he played in a deleted scene he played Elliot's principal in E.T. Huh. oh <laughs> Who would have guessed? Yeah, but they deleted it. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, no, I, I did want to. Um, uh, so that is Harrison Ford. But I did want to cover Mark Hamill. I, I see he's for some reason highlighted here in this document as if we have covered Mark Hamill. We haven't covered Mark Hamill. Not at all. No, we, we have. Well, we had mentioned them briefly, and then we we basically acted like we were gonna not go over them again. That's why I brought up Harrison Ford again because. No, no, we're going over Mark Hamill. Okay, then then let's do that. Mark, yeah, we're going to go over Mark Hamill. Mark, Mark, Mark. Okay. Mark. Okay, thank you. <laughs> so he's been around for forever. He does not have the leading man career that Harrison Ford did. No, he, if, if anything, he, he stayed truer route. to who he is, just personality-wise. 
and just and he's does a weirdo. what he wants. Yeah, <laughs> he's a really strange guy. Like, mm-hmm. there's a quote from him in the IMDb who's like, "Some actors know how to market themselves. I don't know how to do that because <laughs> uh, he's so handsome, and he's he's he has a sincerity about him, like a like a good boy charm. Oh yeah. And then he's like, I don't know, I'll just be a voice actor mostly. And he is. And then he like shows up in weird movies. Like he shows up in uh, in John Carpenter's, uh, what is that? That body bag movie. That, he made an anthology thriller, anthology horror film. And he shows up for like 20 minutes in that. Um, shows his butt. And that would just weird. Uh, Mark Hamill will do anything. Like, okay. He has so a cameo Jesse, in yeah. uh, a, a horrible uh, it, Stephen King film. Oh, shucks. I'm Sleepwalkers. He's, he's a cop. Walkers. He's a cop That's for right. about 60 seconds. And there's like one jump scare. And his big line when they walk into this house that has like 80 dead cats in it is, somebody doesn't like cats. <laughs> <laughs> Delivered perfectly, I'm certain. Oh, yeah. He's a professional. <laughs> but I, I was I was just looking, because I just wanted to mention a couple of things that he was in. And then I realized it was every single cartoon that I watched when I was a child. Yeah. Um, <laughs> See, every single one. A huge voice actor. Hmm. I've... He has, to date, 353 credits on IMDb. He's obviously, apart from being Luke Skywalker, he's also mostly known for being the Joker, right? Mm-hmm. But then he does Scooby-Doo. He's around for Scooby-Doo. Oh, wait, he's wait, in Jay and Silent on. Bob. He's in the, like, the Batman Joker, like the animated series, and also basically every other rendition, animated rendition of the Joker. Actually, no. Almost. Actually, no. He, he does he does a lot of them. But what's funny is that he's always involved in animated Batman projects, not always as the Joker. Sometimes he does other villains and, and different people can play the really? Joker. But he is kind of – him and Kevin Conroy voicing the animated Batman are like the, the classic, the ideal. And that's why he comes back. He mm. and Kevin Conroy come to do the Arkham games. Yeah. Um, so he's kind of respected as that. But other people have done the Joker specifically in like the Batman TV show, um, the Batman Brave and the Bold TV show. Like a bunch of the shows have utilized different kinds of Jokers. But Mark Hamill is usually present in those shows voicing somebody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's really shocking to me. I mean, he's, he's in everything. Like, Jesse, when you were a kid um, watching Stupid Cartoon Network, because um, Mike was not doing this as a child. He was he was in foreign countries. Um and I know John was not also filling his head with this. Yeah, nonsense. he was in but, Africa on the dunes looking out at the double suns. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> Mike. That's right. But did you watch SWAT Cats, the Radical Squadron? <laughs> what? This is not the name of a real show. It's I a cannot real show. believe. It's Holy show. shit. Wait, hold on. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> SWAT Cats with a K. Cats with a K. Yeah, this is ringing so many bells and I haven't. I haven't thought about... Oh, holy shit. Yes! Yes. Yeah, I've seen SWAT cats. <laughs> yes, you have. Yes, you have. I wanted to do this so badly because uh, listeners, Jesse and I were just talking on the phone like a little bit ago and just like reminiscing about the TV shows that we filled our heads with. And so he's in SWAT Cats Radical Squadron. He's in the Spider-Man uh, animated TV show back in the day. Remember the, the, the theme song for that? The Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, he's, in, he's in Freakazoid. Uh, Ren and Stimpy, uh, The Real Adventures of Johnny Quest, uh, Adventures from the Book of Virtues. <laughs> uh, what? The, the, the Tick, um, <laughs> The Spooktacular New Adventures of Casper, Hey Arnold, Johnny Bravo, Pinky and the Brain, Cow and Chicken, I Am Weasel, The Simpsons, The Woody Woodpecker Show, The Powerpuff Girls, Buzz Lightyear of Star Command, <laughs> Samurai Jack, really? Static Shock. 
Yes, he's in all this. Dexter's Laboratory, Codename Kids Next Door. Oh, wait. Uh, Robot Chicken, who did, Family who, Guy, who, Avatar The Last Airbender. Shit. Who does he play in Codename Kids Next Door? He plays like the, the candy... Sticky Beard. Yeah, Sticky Beard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's got the, all the candy in his beard. <laughs> Uh, uh, but like Danny Phantom, he's in like 160 episodes of regular show. He's also on Adventure Time. Like, I had just I, I wrote all these down on this big piece of paper, and I just kept writing and kept writing, going, "Holy shit!" Like Mark Hamill has has incepted my childhood. I have now seen more things with this one person that I never knew he was in. That. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I I just wanted wow. to know if like I just wanted to blow someone's mind out there. Like, go look at Mark Hamill's ID. <laughs> yeah. Also, I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead, Jesse. Well, it's also like you guys were saying. You can find them in like weird, random things. Like one of my favorite, like random movies that I've stumbled upon in the past five years has been Brigsby Bear. It's this. Oh yeah. It's this weird indie movie and like star- starring uh, what is his name? Like Kyle Mooney. Kyle Mooney. Kyle Mooney. Yeah. And like Mark Hamill shows up at the beginning, and he shows up later in the middle too. And that's it. Like he plays a big role, but he's hardly in there. And it, I'll, yeah, he just, it's like, it's so random. It's like, how, why is he not a, is in it, a bigger role? Play, like, he, is he the dad? He's the, the fake dad. Yeah. The fake dad. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's a weird movie. I, I kind of liked it though. Yeah. I, I really like that movie. Actually, that movie got me back into thinking that superhero movies are worth watching again, which is a whole other story, but. I'm I'm getting my mind all sorts of blown right now. Oh I do I do have to share. Um also he's in Scooby Doo on Zombie Island. Just just have to do that. Wow. Just just keeps coming up. (laughs) Half remembered you know <laughs> artifact from our childhood that traumatized all of us yeah. You know? yeah if we're talking nostalgia he's in that too one uh <laughs> one that i have to bring up is castle in the sky the english dub of miyazaki's castle in the oh, sky yeah. movie um, and that, that's that's his wow. second one because he does nausicaa as well oh is he in that one mm. yeah oh i missed that well i i i didn't see nausicaa until much much later but just him being that that terrifying aristocrat you know out to rule the world muska <laughs> nice oh uh, maizaki another fellow who's a genius at balancing very serious and very light yes yes absolutely um, yeah he's a master uh but uh, any other any other favorites that oh I, I i did have a note in here specifically for you john that um mark hamill was in an animated tv version of prince valiant Really? Yes. I've never seen that. I've only seen the live action yeah. movie, which is both corny and amazing. I'm pretty I'm pretty <laughs> sure I'm pretty sure I have I have this down under voice roll, but you you can double check me. But yeah, he's involved with Prince Valiant, so he he knew the source. Good. Good. For those of you listening who aren't aware, Prince Valiant was a Sunday morning uh comic that would be literally a full page of the paper. And it started in 1934 and it is still going today. Uh, not, uh, not by the original guy, a guy named Harold Foster, but like when I was a kid, I would read Prince Valiant because my dad had cut them out of the paper through the fifties and put them in scrapbooks. And we had 30 scrapbooks of the Sunday paper, uh, Prince Valiant's and you get to follow this guy's story. And 
Um, I'm, I'm, that's just that, that that's a, that's a bananas amount of Prince Valiant. Also, <laughs> the dedication yeah. by your father. Holy cow! <laughs> yeah. I have I have uh, a a letter he wrote to his mother from about 1977. So he was 25. He was in uh, Ireland for a few weeks for some reason. And one of the things that he comments on is, "I hope you're you're uh, you're uh, cutting out Prince Valiant's every week." That is a sentence in a letter he wrote home to his mother at the age of 25. Don't forget. (laughs) That was his primary reason for writing. Hey, Mom, checking in. Hope the hip's good. Keep cutting out Prince Valiant. (laughs) Don't forget. But the other reason I'm I'm actually uh, focusing on Prince Valiant is that Lucas actually uh, designates that as one of the the big influences in that sort of... We think of always Saturday morning serials like the Flash Gordon movies but all but prince valiant's pretty darn similar where you've got this this young hero fellow who just goes out and has ridiculous adventures and you know every other week's on some ridiculous cliffhanger like he's he's trapped you know a, a sorcerer has trapped him in a dungeon and he's got only his belt buckle to get out or he's gonna have to f- to fight 50 armed huns and he, all he's got is his magic sword and you know it's all it's all arthurian legend but and just based in reality enough to be absolutely amazing so it's kind of a cowboy think think of a american cowboy vibe like that kind of like guy wanders off to find another adventure in a new town only it's the Ar- in the arthurian legend which mm, uh, that's really cool which you could dis- which could be a way of describing the premise of star wars <laughs> <laughs> yeah if we wanted to but yeah, we're yeah. talking about mark hamill right yes. now <laughs> yeah, no, that, yeah. Well, I mean, I just, I just wanted to say, like, he, he's just had the, I think, the craziest career of anyone that is attached to this movie. He's been the most open. Yeah. Um, there, will, you will find things on his IMDb that are shocking, uh, that he's even attached to. Um, <laughs> but check it out, and and uh, you know, he's a, he's a very talented guy, and unfortunately, you know, here we have to mention Carrie Fisher, dearly departed Carrie Fisher, and uh, gone far, far too soon, only at the age of sixty. She had a very. She also had an interesting career. I. She did not take the the road traveled for lots of many actresses in Hollywood of just being a leading lady. She actually was known very much as a script doctor, usually uncredited work. Um, she did uncredited work for Mr. and Mrs. Smith, Kate and Leopold, Coyote Ugly, Scream Three, The Wedding Singer, um, Outbreak, The River Wild, um, So I Married an Axe Murderer, The The Last Action Hero, Sister Act, Hook, <laughs> and also Star Wars Episode Six. Um, she also worked on episode one, two, and three as a script doctor, punching up that script, which is pretty cool. And um, I like that she was able to work behind the scenes. Awesome. And just in case people uh, listening aren't familiar with that term, a script doctor does what? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought I thought you were going to explain. Uh, <laughs> no, a script doctor yeah, is basically know. like uh, you you need some jokes. Uh, you need some additional lines of dialogue. You need the characters to, to make a decision that makes sense at a certain point in the story. That's why the work is uncredited. They can't. They don't do enough work to be credited as a full writer. Uh, but they they have been known to fix movies that don't work, and and make them work. Um, and they do that that work uncredited in the credits, but obviously are, are can be very well paid. But usually comedic writers uh, brought in to do this work, or really established Hollywood writers. So it's actually kind of. It's kind of cool that she was able to do this as as really a career, considering that she was originally like a leading lady um, in a huge, huge movie, a uh, series of movies, um, especially because as a writer, she doesn't have that many credits. Like she has a couple credits for uh, the Avengers of Young Indiana Jones. She's written for the 74th and the 79th Academy Awards. 
Um, you know, it's not, it's obviously nothing to sniff at, but her uncredited work is just a lot more impressive that she was involved with so many things that we all know. Mm. Uh, and we just didn't know it was her. Um, awesome. I like that her voice was still heard. Um, but as an actress, I mean, she's got 93 credits. She, she did well for herself. Um, I really like her in 30 Rock. Do you guys remember her in 30 Rock? No, I don't. Oh, is she, is she the script writer who cut? Yeah. Yeah. The anarchist one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who's who's like who's like uh, drinking wine at like noon? Who's like we're gonna write some and stick it to the man? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a great role. Yeah, but she she did a lot of TV, um, and, and like weird stuff like video games. Like she's in my favorite video game of all, like one of my favorite video games of all time, Dishonored. As she is as the street speaker. What? You know, that she, she's you need the, to get inside. That's her? <laughs> what? <laughs> For like, no oh my gosh. I think, I think this is the realm of somebody who's making this stuff knows, like, I need a voice. Hey, I know Carrie. <laughs> hey, I know Mark. I mean, yeah. I need 10 lines. Can you do that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Apparently, Mark knows everybody in the industry. Yeah. Yeah. Friends with everyone. Um, but yeah, she's she's in a lot of Carrie Fisher's a lot of movies. She's really good in When Harry Met Sally. I I really like her in that. Do, do you guys have a favorite Carrie Fisher? Is it is it this? I mean, it's got to be this. But her role in Blues Brothers is pretty great. Oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah. that's true. She ah. has an absolutely amazing part in that. She does. If... <laughs> Wouldn't be the same movie without her. It would make flying I'll... by the seat of your pants here. <laughs> yeah, it it would make slightly more sense without her. <laughs> oh yeah well uh that's that's who i had did you guys want to mention someone connected with this i mean we, we gotta mention There's... alec guinness yeah oh right? yes we got we gotta mention sir sir alec guinness sir well, alec he didn't like being called sir alec guinness i don't care <laughs> but he is a sir alec guinness yeah he was in it he was he, he passed away fairly recently right Last ten years. Last ten years. About right? ten years ago, I think. Yeah. Okay. But uh, uh, yeah, and he was he, just <laughs> he he liked being a comedian more than he liked being a serious actor. It's kind of really? funny that he was he's so good as Obi Wan, yeah. and he's at the quintessential, you know, Jedi guru uh, for yeah. for us growing up watching Star Wars. But he much preferred movies like The Lady Killers, and the man in the white suit and captain's paradise and just screwball odd comedies yeah <laughs> in the huh. 60s and 70s i have to be i have to be frank i don't think i've seen another movie with alec Guinness in it i, I think like this is my really okay, there's some yeah. i need to tell you about Vito. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yes i i mean I'd, I'd love to i just yeah no familiarity there's a great so one it, called. It's set. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, there's a great one called Kind Hearts and Coronets, where that's where he plays everybody, right? Yes, he play. He doesn't play the protagonist, but the protagonist has wants to kill everyone between him and the duke, the the, the dukedom. And there's about twelve of them, and they're all Alec Guinness, including the women. What a nightmare! <laughs> <That's great>. It's <laughs> glorious. I haven't seen that movie in many years, but I do remember that. Wow. Yeah. Um... Yeah, you, I mean, Alan... Bridge Over the River Kwai, right? Right. If I if I did, I don't remember it. Wow. <gasps> oh wait. Oh yeah, that's the one where they're all in. Uh, it's World War Two. They're all captured by the the Japanese, and then they. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's a. Uh, I think that's a that's it? a classic dad movie. 
I, it's it's yeah. It, it, like I said, if I if I did see it when I was young, I have no memory. Um, basically, at this at this period in my life, I hear in World War Two, and I'm like, all right, I'm out. It's <laughs> <laughs> kind of zero interest. Well, <laughs> I, I recently uh, listened to this to the story behind the Bridge Over River Kwai, like the actual story, and it was nothing, nothing like it. The people who like there's a survivor who wrote a story, and and they um they felt that the movie uh, didn't do any of it justice and and the uh, the characters there were not done justice because yeah whatever it's still a good movie That's yeah it's catchy yeah uh, yeah <laughs> no, he, he nobody won whistling. an Oscar for for bridge over the river Kwai. oh cool yeah. I mean also I, I think a huge huge gap in my cinema watching history is I have not seen Lawrence of Arabia <gasps> what yeah. Yeah, I love Lawrence of Arabia. Well, you ought, Well, you should do something about that. I should. I, I I've been telling I, I myself that I for think years. I heard back. I heard a long time ago that that you got a you got a you got a 4K TV, right? <laughs> yeah, Jesse, Jesse, Jesse has, has a 4K, 4K TV. Jesse, do you have a 4K TV? Do you, you know, guys, that... I'm just gonna break the news to you. I have a 4K TV. What? <laughs> okay. Jesse, well, you got a perfect thing to watch. It on. Yeah, they spent two years in the desert to make that film just so you could watch it on your 4K TV. Get to it, man. Comfort of your home <laughs> on your 4K TV. I guess. I, I guess I'll have to watch it too because I haven't seen it since I was a kid. I know. Same here. <laughs> there was in, in my house. There was always an argument between that and um, gosh, the Civil War. Glory? No, 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 not glory. Nothing that good. <laughs> uh, uh, no, the one, uh, the uh, oh, in general, Gettysburg. No, the old one. Gettysburg. No, no, the, no, the one, old sorry. one. The um, old one. The uh, really old one. They died with their boots on. That's an old one. <laughs> That's an old one. I've never seen that. What other Civil War movies can we think? of? I don't no, know. One, I can't think of any. Like Terra. Like Terra. Oh, Gone with the Wind. Land. The highest Tara? grossing what? film of all time. What's that? Gone, Gone with, with the, the wind. wind. Yes, Gone with the Wind. There we go. <laughs> yes. Are you serious? You spent that whole time not remembering Gone with the Wind. I'm sorry. I've got a lot the of things old in my one. mind. The old one. No, I don't know. You couldn't even so, say anything else. The old one. The old one. It's literally, it's like, it's made more money than anything else. And like Star Wars yeah. Episode Four is number two, but Gone with the Wind is still like double Star Wars. Wait, wait. So I have. I, wait. So you had an argument between Lawrence of Arabia and Gone with the Wind involving what? Like every weekend, my sister would say we want to watch Gone with the Wind, and I would say I want to watch Lawrence of Arabia. Were these the only two movies either of you had seen at this wow. point? Wait, how old? Also, the Great Escape. Usually, usually we would watch The Great Escape. Like those were the three movies that we would watch. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what was up with us. We're weird people. Later on, you graduated to Ben Hur, Ten Commandments, and Cleopatra. Yeah, like nothing. Like, is it three hours? Yes. Your standards are it has to be unbearably long, otherwise, we are not <laughs> If there is not a serious threat to us pissing ourselves while watching this, I don't want to see it. It was. I, 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 not watch three-hour movies primarily. No, nope. <laughs> <Weird. laughs> I mean, like, no. like definitely there was the, the Ten Commandments sit down. Yeah, which my family was was definitely like shocked at some of the stuff that's in the Ten Commandments, uh, especially near the end there. Um, and then we oh, like did the Golden Calf stuff. Yeah, yeah, it just comes out of nowhere. Yeah, <laughs> You're like, right. oh my gosh, we always like turned it off before we got there. <laughs> like, my, my, my dad, my dad was like running to the to the to get the remote. Uh, no, and then we did the Great Escape sometimes. Mm-hmm. 
But no, but not, no, but not, like Sound of Music was usually a two-parter. We grew out of that pretty quick because that was like all we watched for, I don't know, threes. We lived in Africa. Like, I don't know. It sounds like you had four movies like, to watch. like one VHS, you know? <laughs> well, you know, there was like a weight limit to what we could bring. And so it was like, well, we get to bring one VHS. All right. It's I'm gonna going a, to be. I'm going to open a beer if we're talking about this. <laughs> it's going to be. I don't know. I don't know why we watched these movies. Okay, um, wait. I love, I love that I about it. You know what? Okay. I'm just going to say that makes sense. If you have a weight limit of how much you can bring and you can only bring VHSs, you bring the longest ass VHS as you can possibly bring. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That makes sure. sense. But, I mean, to be honest, this was when we were, like, 16, so I don't know what's wrong with us. <laughs> they were not in Africa at that time. They were not in Africa. We were choosing. So, wait, did had you, no one told you about the original director's cut of Das Boot? Because that's, like, five hours long. <laughs> <laughs> they had... I kept trying to convince my sister to watch it, but as far as she got was Zulu. Mm. So, Michael Caine. Uh, Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why we're talking about this. I don't know. We're just let's do, I don't know. <laughs> let's do some Other more shout outs. do this and people like that. Oh, we were talking uh, about we, Alec Guinness. Uh, yeah. To get us back I, on oh, track. Yeah. I think, I I think we're... I Hearts and Coronets. I think we're done with Alec Guinness. Oh. Okay. Well, I want to say, a lot of people do say that like he, he disavows like having worked on Star Wars and stuff. And I, I kind of did a deep dive on that because it's like, does he really... I don't think that he hated it as much as some people talk it up. Like, he no. was just kind of like, eh, it's a little, like, you know. He, yeah, he liked BBGs, being a, a sorry, worry. Yeah. But. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to talk over you there. Oh, no, no, no. Um, just, like, like he didn't think it was very deep, but he thought it would make, you know, a bit of money. Mm-hmm. It got, him, an, go it got him another Academy Award nomination. Yeah, it did. Yeah. It did. So, I'll, there's a, a well, I kind of just want to shout out everyone else, but I'll be, I'll be pretty quick about it. So, okay, Anthony Daniels, C-3PO, Kenny Baker, R2-D2, Peter Mayhew, Chewbacca, David Prowse, Darth Vader, these people that all made careers out of being in Star Wars. Yep. Um, and I'd love to point out that David Prowse was was Glaswegian, and so they had to listen to a thick Scottish accent. Or oh, coming out of the okay. uh, oh yeah, Glasgow, Glaswegian. Yes, um, yes, I, I put it together. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Is that really what it's called? Was audible. That's what <laughs> That's you really call what it's called? someone from Glasgow is Glaswegian. But now that I'm saying that, yeah, he might so, actually be Yorkshire. But at any rate, it's a thick UK accent coming out of the uh, the Darth Vader outfit, and he was cast for the part because he was the right size. Yeah, super tall, nice. big, super tall. Uh, just like Peter Mayhew. Uh, <laughs> um, and of course, everyone on set was wondering: Is that what he's going to sound like? Yeah. <laughs> is he a, a North England, South Scotland fellow? But then, of course, James Earl Jones. Um, being Mufasa, being mm-hmm. the yeah, I mean mm-hmm. that's what James Earl Jones is. Is he is this booming voice across our 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 childhoods and our parents' lives? You know whether it's live action in Hunt for Red October or the Sandlot, Field of Dreams, or the Sandlot, or if it's a voice like Mufasa or Darth Vader, or the general from the cheesy Command and Conquer cutscenes. Exactly. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, Command and Conquer. What? Was that the first one or is that Red Alert? Oh, that's uh, the first the, one. Yeah, the third one has uh, not not Tim Conway. Um, the guy who always Curry? plays cheesy villains. Tim Curry. Oh, Tim that's... Curry. Yes. <laughs> wow. Um, a neat little Gosh, we're nerds. Uh, a fellow. <laughs> A fellow by the name of Dennis Lawson in uh, in episode four played 
uh, Luke's wingman, Wedge Antilles, who is the uncle of Ewan McGregor. Oh! Whoa! <laughs> Which is why Ewan McGregor saw the first Star Wars movie. Oh, <laughs> all right. A lovely little piece of trivia. And also probably why he's in there. It ha- I'll yeah. bet it has something to do with it. Yeah, that's well, awesome. you said Biggs, right? Biggs? Uh, no, uh, Wedge. Wedge. Oh, it's Wedge. It's Wedge. Wedge. Yeah. I was, I was like, I was kind of obsessed with Biggs and Wedge. Like, as a kid, I was like, who are these guys? I want to know their stories. And I always got them kind of confused. Mm-hmm. And, like, every time that, that Biggs dies right away, I get really, like, sad. Yeah. I get, like, with all of those deaths, I get really sad. Did you, you know, guys like Porky, know? Porky, Porkser, what's his name? Like, Pork? Porkins? Oh. Yeah, Porkins, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> like, that poor guy, like, they all just blow up. It's very personal. Oh, yeah. I was on my six. Yeah. yeah. Watching it with my kids, make- I, I was like, I don't know, this is a little, this is a little much. But they were fine. They were like, whatever, I don't yeah. understand death. <laughs> Great. <laughs> oh, man. Sorry, I, I interrupted you. No, no, it's it's that's great. Did you guys know that there was actually... So the uh, originally Biggs had a scene right at the beginning of A New Hope. And he's yeah. Luke knows him because he's also from Tatooine, and like, there's a scene, probably three minutes on, where uh, I don't know, I know they filmed part of it, but essentially it's it's Biggs telling Luke that he's you know everyone thinks he's going to the Imperial Academy, but he's decided to join the rebellion. And it basically, it's for Luke. It's like, and the last close friend is gone, and I'm and I'm stuck here. So it it intensified that, but for whatever reason, they cut it out of the final. I actually, would have kind of liked to see that because yeah. when, when we do see him and they greet each other like friends, I'm kind of like, who's this dude? <laughs> Why? What, what's this guy doing here? Like, yeah. am I supposed to remember him? He's like, Luke's my friend. Like, get out of here, Biggs. Get out. Like, I, where's Han Solo? Also, it's like yeah. Luke Skywalker. My best friend, Biggs. <laughs> Why is he called Biggs? Is he really big? No, he's just like That's just his a actual dude. name. Yeah. Well, it does. Uh, I do like the fact that since you don't know anything about him, it does lead to what Mike was talking about, being really sad. Like there was this guy, and you and you figure out there's this rich history between him and Luke, and then he's dead, and you'll never but if get I'd that. Seen the rich history, I might have cared. Might I, I cared. I, I know you did, but I'm just saying, like, if, if it had been there, it would have been more intense. See, I cared because I never, yes. I, I will never get to see it. Unless there is some really shitty spinoff called Biggs. A Star <laughs> Wars story. <laughs> Biggs. <laughs> you didn't know you wanted this. <laughs> We're going to cram it down your throat. It's Star Wars. <laughs> By Disney. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just imagining the trailer. It's like Luke. I'm going to the academy. No. <laughs> Wait, I, uh, John. I'm, I'm thinking about that. Like the, I, I remember seeing that we, we had like this ex- extended edition box set of the original Star Wars uh, trilogy. But it was on VHS, uh-huh. so it, it was like each of the movies had, I don't know, another hour at the end of them mm-hmm. um, that was like all all these cuts of like different things that they did about making oh. the set and stuff, which was really cool. But I remember seeing these, I remember seeing also this um, this cut of when they filmed uh, uh, Han Solo when he meets Jabba the Hutt. Um, mm-hmm. And oh, it's a person. Yes. Yeah. 
was and like there's a part of me that remembers that as the oh. original cut that Jabba was originally a person. I think that whole that's all a deleted scene in the theatrical yeah. release. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'd, okay. I've only ever yes, read about that. I didn't know they right. actually had footage of it. They did. And they actually <laughs> so they used it. Yeah, okay. That's right. Jesse. Oh my gosh. This is uh like bubbling up from from like the archives of my brain from like 2002. <laughs> no, so they they had the footage and they had the guy uh-huh. and they took the all of that footage and they this when they re-released them in this box set um, they did all this stuff. They added all this stuff. So, like, when they're driving into Moss Eisley, uh-huh. you know how there's, like, all, like, the droids and they hit them and, like, yeah. like, all this kind of fun stuff with the creatures. That's all new. That's all new with that re-release after the release of the first, uh, of, of the prequel. Yeah. Right. Um, right. Or the first of the prequel. But then they also took a bunch of archive footage and saw what they could do with it, including that scene with Jabba. And so, it, like, it went through all, like, how they did all of the... The computer generation of, like, him and, like, how they... Yeah, I don't know. It's just... It was very, uh... Yeah. Very fun to remember. That's and awesome. to see that's how awesome. far we've we've come mm-hmm. in our CGI capabilities. Yeah. Because that scene... Looks like crap. It looks like crap. It looks like crap. It looks like <laughs> they took... Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah, it didn't look very good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So, <laughs> well, two more... Sh- oh, go ahead, Jesse. Sorry. Uh, before we're done with cast and crew... Another important person to call out, and we won't spend too much time on him because we've mentioned him before, is John Williams. Oh, who makes wait, who's that? Oh, yeah. He is, who's John Williams? Oh, John Williams. Have you I've not heard of this man? Together. Oh, this. Is it like, is it like Ricky Bobby? He's got two first names. Oh, he has two first names, <laughs> and he has more than two songs that'll blow you away because this dude, he creates, he creates Star Wars. Honestly, I can't imagine. Star Wars without John Williams. In fact, if you want to see something really funny, type in ending of New Hope without John Williams, and you will understand. <laughs> <laughs> you will understand the role that this man has in this movie. I'm imagining that right now is so bad. <laughs> it's really awkward. It's it's just it's just we're just like just like smiling, <laughs> looking around, it's, smiling, smiling. Somewhere. You know, Luke, Chewbacca Luke. randomly screaming. <laughs> <laughs> like walking down a hallway. It's the most awkward thing you've ever seen. It it comes straight out of the office, basically. <laughs> but wow. so that's some peak cringe. Mm-hmm. But John Williams makes that an epic moment that I will remember for all of my life. And uh yeah, this this dude is carrying some he's carrying some scenes here in this movie. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and if he's not carrying them, at least in later movies, he's fighting with them with his music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I think we've only mentioned him. I think John Williams only been on the show one time. I think in our in our Home Alone episode, a- almost exactly right. a year ago. Wild. Uh, that's that's, that's crazy. crazy. Yeah. Jeez. How do we go a year without doing a John Williams movie? <laughs> I guess there's a lot of movies out there. Yeah, yeah. there's a few. There's just but a... I mean, he's, he's only done like 3,000 movies. <laughs> and more Oscars than anybody else in history. At this point, he doesn't even care. He's like, throw it on the pile. Yeah. <laughs> We're making really a new platinum Oscar. Yeah. One stands you, for you, 12. Give us 15 of those. We'll give you one of these. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like with the with the with bottles the, the uh, wine bottles the jeroboam the, the balthazar you got that's right all the different sizes of of oscar 
Just enormous size. <laughs> he, he needs a crane. Yeah. Uh, who else? Who was the last people you had to mention there, John? Well, I have to mention Peter Cushing. Uh, not very well known to us here in America, but he was Christopher Lee's best friend. Oh. Uh, Christopher Lee, the man that James Bond is based on. <laughs> yeah, um, that's right. <laughs> because Christopher Lee's mom uh, got divorced right after Lee was born and married Ian Fleming's uncle. So, ah, nice little network there but uh but yeah peter cushing just everything's connected absolutely who <laughs> peter cushing is just one of those guys he just walks in he just is exactly who the movie needs him to be he's terrifying he's wonderful and uh wait who's uh, he's he? actually wearing in a number of those scenes when you don't see all the way down to his feet he's wearing carpet slippers <laughs> because he has he had unusually large feet and he had to have all of his uh costume boots costume shoes special made but they didn't have time so like he was either like dying of pain with this the standard issue boots or close-ups and he was wearing slippers <laughs> so and, and then just for all all of everybody who is P peter cushing in this movie ah yes he play? is the epic grand moff grand tarkin, moff tarkin. Yeah. who they who who, wa who walks in to be epic and die almost immediately <laughs> Yeah, no. and he real bummer that they computer they computer generate him later for uh, Rogue One. It's yeah, it, it, is, it is an abominable decision. Yes, it's it terrible. Is, it is it is a deplorable moralist decision. To yes, do this. I it, hate it. There's no purpose for him in that scene in that movie. No, just it, just to show how morally bankrupt and ethicless the company is. <laughs> yeah, and yep. and the very last for the ca uh, casting. Shout out is uh, John Wayne. What? John Wayne in the cast list. Oh, it's not the John Wayne's. As a matter of fact, so do you guys remember Garindon? He's the guy in Mos Eisley with the com comlink that call that tells the uh, the stormtroopers that uh, where Luke and Han are go or Luke and yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Does he say? Yes. yes. Yeah. Okay. That voice. Are heavily those those sounds are heavily synthesized audio recordings from John Wayne that were in the vault. <laughs> that is a fact. <laughs> wow! Imagine being the guy that comes up with that idea. Ben Burt. That, that that's that's yeah, Ben Burt. Wally, you mean? Yes. <laughs> I got I got to shout out Ben Burt too. He is well when Lucas came up with Star Wars and got started as he said has said himself. No one believed in it except him and the art department. And the key man of that art department was sound designer Ben Burt, who came up with 95% of the sounds that are in those movies. Uh, I'm not going to try to remember how he makes the various sounds, but it's without it's, him... It's some, like, MacGyver story kind of shit. Like, some of the stuff yeah. he does. He's like, yeah, if I just play pour water on live electrical cords, it kind of sounds like a hum. Yeah. Like, why would you do that? <laughs> he would sound like a bad idea. <laughs> he would carry recording in his in equipment in his car wherever he went. Um, and actually, the audio commentaries that were released with the special edition DVDs of 4, 5, and 6, he pipes up every once in a while with like, and this is how I made this sound, and this is how I made that sound, and half of the stories are I'm driving down the road and I hear this thing and I stop and I pull out a microphone and camera recording equipment and I say to the guy who, who's doing whatever to make the sound, hey, you mind if I record that? 
<laughs> that was just I his like life the sound for, for when several you make years. Wild <laughs> <laughs> man, hearing that really creeps me out. Just makes me think of the guy from Upstream Color, and I never want to think of that movie. Oh yeah, it does. <laughs> That's why do you remind me? <laughs> Hello, it flashed through my head. Why does Upstream Color I, come up like know, three times in the show? I really hope just like there's one person out there who knows what Upstream Color is. Like, yeah! I'm, I'm pretty sure yeah. it's Sir. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's him. And he's the one that's like, Upstream Color, yeah! In fact, I'm almost sure it is. I'm almost sure. I don't know. I, I, I just gotta say some more derogatory comments about Malcolm and Marie, and then he'll come out of the woodwork and tell us. Um, okay, so... We, we've we've hung around with the cast and the crew. Um, we do have a couple of questions here, but before we get to sort of questions about where this movie is is going and all that, um, I would like to do briefly some some quick favorite scenes. And I say briefly because this is a movie that I think both we and our listeners are very very aware of. We we know we know every moment of this movie pretty well, um, and I, I think that we can get through this pretty fast. I, I'm just gonna go and say i think my favorite one is the trash compactor mm. that's a great <laughs> one um i and i think it's that because it it's it's a moment that actually feels like it has real tension uh there's the the there's the double threat of the the walls closing there's the tentacle there's the eye there's a lot of like really iconic star wars imagery i had a I had a picture book when I was a kid of Star Wars Episode Four that had like beautiful like matte paintings of, of certain scenes from the movie, and I could read along with it. And I just remember there was this one very vivid one of of, of all three of them, um, Princess Leia in her like white garb, and then and Han and Luke w- without their helmets off, and Chewie, and they're all trying to like brace the pipe, you mm-hmm. know, across the way. And it's it's an image that's really been kind of indelible to me um, since then. And, and watching it, it's actually kind of funny. It it almost doesn't fit in the movie. Because Mark Hamill, for some reason, decides to to dial it all the way up, which he never does in the rest of the movie. But he's all he's like screaming, like screaming into the thing, like, "Say three me out, say three me out." Um, it's it's a really tense scene, but yeah. it, uh, it's it's unique in that way, in that it's tense. Um, the rest of the movie there isn't that kind of tension. There's the tension of like you know, there's there's Luke and Leia, and the stormtroopers are shooting at them, and they got to <laughs> swing across the gap. But that's like adventure fun. And this feels in the in the trash compactor. It feels a lot more dangerous, and I, yeah. I really like that about this movie. I I also like what they do with Luke Skywalker. There, they show that he has that 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 craziness to him, um, which is what Obi Wan Kenobi is kind of like trying to um, make not come out of him. Right, he's trying to dampen that quite a bit, especially near the end. Right, he has to reach out with his feelings or whatever to destroy the Death Star, and he has to be really calm for that to happen. And you know from that scene, he's not a calm person when it comes to life and death situations. Three <laughs> 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 <3PO! laughs> uh, Also, my yeah, he's so stressed out he can't even say the C. Yeah. Also, I got my favorite line is when after uh, R two has shut all that down. And they're just screaming in pure joy. And 3P is like, listen to them. They're dying. (laughs) (laughs) Curse my metal body. I wasn't fast enough. Yeah. (laughs) It's so funny. But but that that was, that was just like, that was one of my favorites just upon this like latest umpteenth rewatch. What what jumped out to you, Michael? Um, It's really hard. It's really hard to pick a favorite scene because all of these scenes, like every single scene that comes up, I'm like, oh yeah, that's my favorite scene. Yeah. Oh yeah, this is my favorite scene. Every single scene, I'm like, oh no, it wasn't is your that fa- one. Is your favorite scene the movie? Yeah, yeah. Nice. My favorite scene is the movie. <laughs> nice. Um, 
I don't know. I I guess I'll say um I don't I don't know. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I could go while you're like you okay, the the opening the very opening scene mm. when we see uh. the um you know, we've got Princess Leia's ship, I don't know what it's called, being hunted down by Tantive the Star 4. Destroyer. What was that? Tontive 4. Tontive 4. Yep. Good for you. I knew that at one point. <laughs> for a long time. Um, <laughs> I forgot I knew that. That's a name I've not heard for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> that's also my favorite scene. Like, like I love... <laughs> Like when Luke and Obi Wan are together, I think that that uh, those are probably my two favorite. Like the the when when we start off, you know, in in, in the middle of things, um, and we're there's the small ship being chased down by this Imperial Star Destroyer, and it's just you know we start off we we drop down from the words and we see like this round thing, and we realize oh that that's that's a planet that's the Earth I guess. Because we've seen the Earth from outer space at this point. Um, and then we see this spaceship coming. And you're like, what is that? Like, that's that's a man-made thing in outer space. And then the Star Destroyer comes, like, swoops over the... And it just blocks off your Encompasses, whole Encompasses, like, the whole... Yeah. All, everything you can see. And it, like, keeps going. And it keeps going for <laughs> yeah. so long. We, I've never seen anything like this as a kid, and now I've seen it, it more, but still every time it gets me. Um, and just the whole opening scene just gives you a sense of the scope of the world um, and uh, like how you're just entering this story that's been going on for, for ages here. Um, you're entering into, yeah, in, into this journey. Um, I love it. I think it's it's epic. Um, I think it's uh, one of the most valuable things that this movie has given to us. Yeah. Um, and uh, I also think it's amazing how they did this. Like these are models. These are act- like they made all of this stuff. Like this whole movie, they made all of these things. They're, it's they're so like, cool. They're like Billy, move the fishing rod slower. Yeah. <laughs> it's like okay, I'll, I'll move the model slower. <laughs> and they had they had to like cut and paste stuff. So I was listening to a little bit of like the um, the commentary. They're saying so the the actual models like the the model of the star destroyer is actually smaller than the model of whatever this <laughs> the blockade called. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, I just point at the I just point at John every time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like John knows it. <laughs> um, and or like they're they're not that dissimilar in size. So they have to do a lot of visual like playing with it and then there's a point where it gets like sucked up into the 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 tractor beam um and uh and like they had to do this superimposing of like the uh the actual film that they're using and like this is a cut and paste job like they didn't have computers to do this for them this is just just some something amazing that you know what like you watch this movie as a kid you think it's amazing and, and like all this grand stuff and then as you grow up and get a little bit older you're like wow they actually did this this is something you can build with your hands yeah that's very very cool and yeah i don't know it adds to the richness of it honestly the models now look far better than the cgi mm-hmm. oh yeah. yeah yeah the cgi stands out because the models don't yeah the models you accept like there's something about it that you just buy yeah and the cgi you go fake that shit's fake <laughs> um, and actually, Jesse, a big part of why some of the models and some of the sculptures look so good in this is that uh, there's some work from a sculptor here named Liz Moore. Whoa! Really? 
Yes, what? there is. No way. Yes, there is. <laughs> Are you the time traveler's husband? Yeah, that's that's me. <laughs> yeah, you got me, guys. Found I'm me out. Time traveling from the seventies. That might be so much worse now. Yeah, I just wanted to see how bad it gets. <laughs> Die early. <laughs> Let me tell you, it long, gets worse five prosper. years from now. Right. <laughs> oh, five years from now. It's the wrong five movie, years. John. Come on. <laughs> long and pro- What do you even... You even see He's Wars really exactly trekking like into <laughs> the unknown right there. <laughs> Wait, okay. Uh, so so that's... Um, given that as my favorite scene. It's a great um, scene. Uh, John, what about you? What's your favorite scene? Gotta pick one. Okay. Pick one. I'll take a different tack than, than just one that I like. I'll... Because... Er- Every one of these scenes has been has been looked at and, and examined by many many times. Um, I'll know I'll bring up a scene that I've recently uh, found more in. Uh, it's the scene uh, where Luke he's just met Obi Wan and they're in Obi Wan's home, and he's you know they're just they're just talking. And Obi Wan is, is sort of like giving him little little tidbits, you know, bits of information enough for that he can sort of process and because he's thinking about Luke's trying to understand all this giant world I'm trying to tell him about, but then Luke just asks him point blank, "How did my father die?" And it's just a brief little interaction of you know a young Jedi named Darth Vader, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But somebody put a video up on YouTube. It's just called Obi Wan has PTSD. And they played that film, that scene, that bit, that part of that scene. And in each of those pauses between the lines, they intercut scenes from episodes one, two, and three of the things he's been through. Watching his master Qui-Gon be killed in front of his eyes. Fighting in a war. uh, And all of that. And then all of the, the... the grief and devastation of seeing everything he's fought to defend gone. His best friend completely has betrayed him. Anakin, you are the chosen one! <laughs> yeah. Well, if you want to be trite about it. No. <laughs> but just, I want to bring up that scene because it's a scene that, by itself, it's just a simple exposition scene. It's well acted. Alec Guinness it sells it very well. Uh, Mark Hamill doesn't have much to do, but he's playing his part. But it plays such a, a it, it's it's such a heavy and weighty scene. Even if one, two, and three never got made, you could still extrapolate these sorts of details from it. It's just, um, you know, to actually to actually see it, that might actually bring tears to your eyes. Um, but yeah, if if I had to pick one scene out of the entire saga, it would be. Like the impact, the power. Maybe not like, oh, this is the fun one, but like, what? What is the <laughs> the scene in Episode Six where Luke takes Vader's mask off, and all the stuff that Luke doesn't even know about, but it's just you helped your father. You, Luke, helped your father do the thing that he couldn't do himself. I mean, you want to talk about <laughs> a movie for a dad movie? It's a movie about a father. A man who fails at something that he he has to do, but because he ha- because of his son's 
staunchness, sincerity, and courage, he succeeds. So when you ask favorite scene, that that's that's how I'm going to answer it. I think very well answered. That's beautiful. You know, watching it, I haven't seen this movie in, in several years. Um, I was really struck, or I'm, I'm really struck by it watching, you know, watching it with my kids, um, with that aspect. Uh, you know, as I said before, my dad died when I was, when I was young. Um, and, uh, like, I was struck by, I don't know, seeing a lot of, I don't know, like the way, like, like I know how I felt about, like, tell me about what my father was like um tell me how he died like tell me i knew how he died but you know tell me about about this um from everyone that i could find i felt that a lot uh like i saw that with luke more than i ever have before i don't know why like retrospectively but also thinking about it in relationship to my kids because in a certain way like that's gonna be how they are no matter what I think, um, I think we're all that way with our fathers. Like, like tell me about who they were. And then, you know, I think that there's a certain amount of having gone through the path of, of, of this, you know, having to kill your father and become a better man. Right. That's the psychological parlay, right? Like not like you actually have to kill your dad, but you know, you, you have to overcome their problems to become better and to help them become better as well. Yeah. Um, to save them. Uh, that's going to happen to us now, right? Like, we're turning into Darth Vader for, you know, like, the psychological <laughs> dribble. No, I hear you. Um, yeah. I, was, I was really struck by that this, this time around a lot. Um, and it was that, really impactful. That, I'm really glad you, you brought that scene up. Thank you. Uh, it just, yeah, it's the, it gets into the whole, <laughs> as you get older and you have to, to face the problems of life and you have to, and if you're honest about yourself and introspective, you find that you have the potential for not good things and you have to, you have to acknowledge that it exists rather than trying to hide from it and pretend you're perfect. You're like, and I'm, I'll, I'm not a dad yet myself, but I'll bet there's nothing like kids to force that kind of self-examination yeah, it gets uh, at least at least for myself, it can be humiliating. <laughs> yeah, it's not 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 fun. I prefer humbling. <laughs> yeah, it gets. I mean, the, I've been. I, I, mean, I try to be humbled more than humiliated. <laughs> I don't know how well I'm doing. Ask my wife. <laughs> I tried to just make podcasts out of all this exploration. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we're we're almost two hours deep into yeah, a Star Wars oh podcast, so this kind of stuff happens. So if people are still listening. They deserve the emotion. Oh, they deserve it. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Um. Jesse, what, what's your favorite scene? Uh, oh man, I know we're two hours in, but I, I gotta go to I gotta no, go, go for I it. gotta go to a certain place that we haven't talked about yet. So go back when I first watched this movie, one of the most impactful scenes is a whole cantina scene. Yeah, because it's dun, 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 dun. yeah, you realize things are like fun, and then there's these flashes of different aliens coming at you, one after the other after the other, and you're like, oh, everything's different here, and <laughs> <laughs> and then and then and then Sir Alec Guinness takes a, a creature's arm off, like 
out of nowhere, and then you're like, well, maybe this dude, this old dude isn't as frail as what you thought. He, you know, you just saw him mind manipulate a stormtrooper, but you weren't quite sure what he was capable of. Now you're like, okay, this guy can clearly take on an army if you wanted to, at least in my young mind. Um, and then mo- most importantly, though, in this cantina scene, you meet Han Solo. And you you know, he's out there for the money, and he makes it very upfront at first. You know, he just wants to be paid. He wants to be paid, paid up front. And then immediately goes into a conflict with uh, with Greedo. I think his name's Greedo, right? Yeah, Greedo. And, uh, and then there's, you know, this famous scene. And I, I swear when I watched this movie, Han shot first. He yes. absolutely yes. did. Now, I swear. Oh, truth first. Now, he you absolutely know did. You know what's weird? I don't think I saw that version. I think I saw the other version, but in, in my kid's brain, all I knew and what impacted me was that Han Solo, Han Solo, this guy who later goes on to be a hero, like killed this guy. And because of that, as a kid, I'm like, I don't know what to think of you. You're a murderer. Huh. I don't know. Is it You've done I, a lot of Disney's done a lot of retconning. And now I don't think in the current version that's available on Disney Plus, I don't think that Han is shown to shoot first. I think there's a millisecond difference between yeah. when Greedo fires and when he does. Yeah. And that is that that is intentionally manipulated from the original because of exactly what you're saying, Jesse. But the original, the untouched one, which also features Greedo's arm cut off with blood, right? Because they hadn't figured out that the laser cauterizes the wound yet. Oh, yeah. But oh. Lucas went back in and he changed film history and now Han does not shoot first. He shoots just after. Just, I don't it's like, know. It's like, it's like that. Right, but it's, which is unnecessary. I have a Blu-ray version, and yeah, the Blu-ray, Sorry, the Blu-ray yeah. version is the one that's on Disney Plus. Yeah, yeah, and it's the same. I don't know, like you got to find a VHS copy. A VHS copy. There's degrading quickly. The, the DVD copies. I I think it's a DVD copy. That's the worst offender. It's like he like contorts his body really quickly. Well, Han Solo does. Like what happens is Greedo fires and fires accurately, and somehow Han Solo moves so quick it's like a snake. Like out of the way, <laughs> it's and it looks incredibly fake. It looks it's the worst animation I've ever seen. If you actually look for it, which I I actually did, I paused. I was like, okay, I gotta go through this frame by frame. Wow, this is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> then I fast forward, and then I like kept going. But like, yeah, it, it's terrible. But uh, I did want to ask all you guys, like, when you first encountered this, like, do you remember what you thought about Han Solo and this meeting, and what version you saw? Um, I do. I, I right, saw the, the, the VHS version. It was off, uh, Dad recorded off a of television, but he would have recorded it in like 1994. And uh, basically, <laughs> Greedo's standing there saying, hey, mm-hmm. I'm going to turn you in for a lot of money. And I, I, it seemed pretty clear that like, okay, Greedo's about to kill him. And Han's like, nah, I'm not going to do that. And he just blows him away. Yeah. I've, I, I mean... I'm open to discussion, of course, but I've never seen anything morally reprehensible about about Han's action. The guy is clearly telling him, you're dead, and you're going to make me a lot of money being dead. And Han just is a decisive individual and takes care of it. I, I, I wholeheartedly agree. I was always like, yes, he did the right thing. I mean, I thought that, like, hey, this is a guy you got to be careful of. Like, he clearly is not putting himself in the right situations to be a good person. Um, like, a truly good person. But, like, eh, this, guy, this guy's going to kill him. Like, you cool. know it. 
Like, why wouldn't Greedo kill him? It's doggy dog out there. Yeah, it's doggy. It's yeah. a dog. It's a doggy dog world. I, I always thought Han was cool. Just, and I also saw the same version that John probably did because their parents probably were watching the same channels. Um, <laughs> but uh, the because uh, there's only 13 of them back then. Um, but I, I had I never had problems with Han in that way. But uh, I did have issues with him in that I was a Luke Skywalker kid. Mm. for forever mm-hmm. i was i was a luke head dude same here <laughs> yeah luke yeah. head and so luke I, when he's way. like there with leia i was like i was like piss up a rope dude get out of here the hero's <laughs> gotta be with the girl come on yeah and then i saw episode six and i was like oh nope that's not cool <laughs> yeah. nope nope never mind nope you han you I'm pick so, her up all right I'm sorry i ever wanted that <laughs> oh Vito, Vito, you're yeah. gonna love this when i when uh John Williams was accepting his American Film Institute uh, Lifetime Achievement Award. You can tell I researched by watching all of these shows. Uh, yeah, you really like the AFI. <laughs> <laughs> they give us their best stuff in those. That's but true. John Williams goes up there to accept the award. And, oh, shucks, I might get it. Okay, I'm not sure if it was Williams recognizing Lucas or if it was Williams accepting his award and Lucas had talked earlier. Anyway, he... Williams brought up Star Wars and he said he, he like he, he turned to, to Lucas and he said you know thank you for for giving me the opportunity to to write this and you know I I didn't know you know where I knew there were going to be more films and so I wrote some things you know before we made the second movie and I he, he said yeah I'd actually written a, a a love scene with a you know a a build-up and a development section and a very torrid climax because he thought because he says I thought Luke and Leia were lovers. <laughs> so I don't I don't you made think, me write an incest theme. <laughs> I don't no! think that piece of music has ever been released. <laughs> yeah, published. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Yeah. Very uncomfortable. Oh man. Um, awesome. Okay. Did. Uh, did so I guess Jesse, in answer to your question, uh, I I don't think any of us had a problem. Yeah, uh, that's I'm funny. I'm sorry to hear you had a problem with our with our boy Han. You're you're. I guess definitely yeah. more. Yeah, he conscious and better person than us. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well, we know that. It, it was just that was just my little kid impression. I, my little kid impression was, oh, he's with the good guys. He has to be one of the upstanding good guys. And then to find out, he's just kind of like one of the rest of these seedy cantina people. It's kind of a scumbag. I mean, That's it's taught very me well whenever a thing. bounty hunter comes for me, I shoot them on sight. I don't even talk to them. Like, just boom. <laughs> oh, you're a bounty hunter. You're coming for me? You're dead. Yeah. And this has been reinforced by playing Red Dead Redemption. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> bounty hunters come, you're like, you're, like, you're dead, boy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, this actually makes, makes me like Han more because then I, I get to see, like, you, you see the arc. You see him look like go from the CD can- cantina guy to the epic hero uh, on par with Luke, basically. Yeah, to being a really sucky dad and not taking care of his kid, who turns into the new Darth Vader. Yeah. I hate that man. Me... Just... Yeah, Star Wars on, is one man. through six. <laughs> Come on, man. That's one See, story. We you just really bummed me out, dude. The rest is fan I'm really fiction. Really bummed now. We're, we're, we're gonna have to save this for when we do the new trilogy because we will do them oh. eventually, <laughs> individually. Every think, single one. When we, when, we, when we do Rise of Skywalker, it's just going to be like a minute-long fart noise. <laughs> <laughs> I just released that as a main episode. Rise of Skywalker. And then it's just... 
If I had it my way, I would do that with Last Jedi as well. But I don't think that's going to happen. You'll never have your right. Boo, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) With a brief asterisk of Ian McDermott is really good as Palpatine and then back to the flatulence. But also, what are you doing here? Go away. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Get out of here. Leave, Palpy. Well, now that we've sort of we've talked about our our nostalgia, we've ridden that pretty hard in this episode, and we're happy to have done so um, because this movie has meant a lot to us, and this 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 poor old horse of Star Wars just keeps on trucking. No matter how many times we watch it, it keeps on delivering. And we've also talked about kind of what this means as a dad movie and what it means to all of us, what's inside of it. And I guess a, a fun question I think is trying to envision what the world would be like if in 1977. Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope had not been released. Like, what does the world even look like? You know, do we have stuff like Marvel? Um, does Star Trek get reinvigorated again and continue to pump out season after season? Do we get Battlestar Galactica? Like, would we have ever seen Dune on the big screen? And would it have ever would it have become the best selling sci fi novel of all time? Like, all these big questions about the how you know nerd culture became the monoculture became corporatized and bought by Disney. Like, does any of this happen if Star Wars does not come out? Well, I, I think the first thing to be said is that Star Wars' huge impact is, is in part a consequence of there being a sort of cultural vacuum. That kind of, I don't know, for me, like movies like Bullet and Dirty Harry sort of symbolize it where they're interesting, but there's not much music they're just kind of there and they're dinking around i don't it's they they don't have deep depth it's it's i guess what i'm trying to say is like movies don't know where they're going you had the golden age then television came up and so they and so films decided okay well let's just be big over the top and massive and that had worked for a while but it was the 70s and it had just sort of gotten old and tired and something needed to come to fill the gap. The Godfather had shown up, what, five years earlier? 60, okay. So maybe that, that the fire of that one is sort of petering out as well. So like the stage was set for a, a kind of void of action and creativity. I mean, without Lucas, you've still got Spielberg, for instance. Mm-hmm. So... You've probably got, uh, well, you definitely have Jaws. You probably have E.T. E. So at the very is, least. Is in the in the early 80s. But, I mean, well, you know, E.T. kind of feels like a reaction, almost. Yeah, could yeah. be, could be. Well, John, I think, I think I deeply agree with you and then deeply disagree with you uh, on this. Oh, cool. Like, I, I definitely see a void. I think you're right. There, a void is there. Although I do, I don't think it's a void of creativity lost in movies. I I really like movies from this era. I think that's all there. I I just, I do think that there is a, you know, I think there's a void in in something larger. I think there's a void in, in a mythical landscape to work in. Because, like, in every, like, culture, like, there's always a big, epic myth to, like, build your stories and whether you're talking about Greek and Roman gods or Egyptian or Norse gods, or you're talking about crazy fairy tales, or you have these weird things that, um, 
that, you know, the the Brothers Grimm have, where they seem to have their own weird world they're working in. I don't know how that place works. Um, right. R- or, rule Britannia. You know, yeah. Nelson, he's a mm-hmm. legend. Or And you've got J.R.R. Tolkien, who comes out with, with his big thing, and... Uh, and um, and then well, Frank... don't forget Johnny Appleseed, Jesse. And don't, don't forget Johnny America's Appleseed. America's got Johnny Appleseed. Yeah. <laughs> Paul, Bunyan. Paul Bunyan, man, he's got a blue ox. Yeah, I mean... It's big. <laughs> like, you know, we do have these things, and they're important. You're, you you need these these settings for tales that you can tell and retell and tell in slightly different ways. And, and, uh, in, and the Western, I think the Western also functions as a myth as well it's this mythological sandbox for you to just pit good and evil against uh i don't think we have that i think we've kind of lost that by the time star wars comes around um we have that in books but not in not in cinema not in film um and so i think george lucas gives us a mythological landscape uh by which we can build in and tinker in and i think that landscape starts influencing uh, Marvel and DC afterwards, and then uh, all of sci-fi. I think you can't even say the word sci-fi without first thinking of Star Wars and then branching off to other things. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's... But that's the uh, that's a hole that I think Star Wars is really filling and really... Uh, is, is really rich with, because its rules are so simple. It's like, there's a planet, and it's got one thing going for it. And maybe like a few aliens going for it. The, and then there's like this, and it's this weird blend of the the divine, right? The force is kind of like this divine like destiny that you can't escape, and it's magic. It's fundamentally magic. And then it's mixed with sci-fi and these like what if scenarios. What if what if man has these these spaceships? What will it do? Well, it'll establish a giant empire. And then, what else will man do? Well, we're going to rebel against that, <laughs> because of course we will. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, I think I think Star Wars today is the big the big myth that we all have, and it's how it functions and its beautiful simplicity is being applied in giant franchise ways to almost everything now. Yeah. Excellent. I I think that's totally true. I mean, like the, I don't know, the idea of um, Star Wars, Star Wars as kind of the myth. I I think even just those opening lines a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, Mm -hmm. like that is uh, mythological sort of, you know, writing. It's it's important that it's far away and it's important that it was long ago. Yeah. Because like when you set stuff in the future, people can be like, oh, that's silly. Like you can say it's silly when it's, when it's not happened yet. Yeah. But when it's already, like, it's almost like, yeah, you know, dude, like, I was just, like, I, I found this history, and uh, and I made the movie, yeah. so, you know, you have to buy it. And you're like, yeah, I guess I do buy it. Like, I yeah. guess I guess so. It's old, right? <laughs> yeah, it's old. yeah. Well, yeah, and that's, like, kind of kind of the essence of a myth is that, like, this is a story that has been passed down and told year yeah. after year, like, generation after generation. Um, whereas, like, future movies, future sci-fi stuff, like, well, you gotta, you gotta make it dystopian. Yeah, like it can't yeah. be about good things. The world yeah. could not get better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> either either that or it's Halo and like things are pretty good, but there's a giant alien alliance that's trying to destroy us all. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> damn alliances. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. And then I mean, like I think it takes a lot of the I, I don't know mythological tropes or whatever, like having 
you know, the, the chosen one who comes and he's going to free the galaxy from the empire, the evil empire. And he's got the special sword. And he's got the special sword. There's like the magic <laughs> sword. And, yeah. Um, and, and like, you know, he's got to tap into the magical underlines of the world and reawaken sort of that, that magic in the world that has gone out of it. Like, oh gosh, that's just yeah. like the tugs on your, your heartstrings. <laughs> like, yes, I want to believe in this. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know what's amazing? Watching this, like watching this with my kids, uh, they haven't seen the movie before, but we're like, uh, like I'm, I'm kind of building up to them. Like, yeah, and so like there's the Empire, and like the rebels, and my oldest is like, oh, I hate empires. Like empires, like, <laughs> like, I know what the empire empires are, but I remember feeling that too. Like, oh, the evil empire. Let's take them down. <laughs> Spoken like an American. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I think a lot of uh, something that I alluded to earlier in the episode too that I, I think is is relevant here is is the idea that you would begin your space opera told in six parts in the middle. Um, you would begin it after, in fact, your your supposed main character has fallen, and not let everyone know that the main character has fallen already and then have the big reveal not be till the next movie like it's just really ballsy that you would put it there you wouldn't just say no we got to start with him as a baby no 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 see see his journey is almost completed we're gonna start with somebody else looking at him and that's really weird and really cool and i don't think the likes of that just how brave you would have to be to do that, to risk it all on your, basically the second act of your grand story. It's really cool. So, okay. I know that Lucas has said, like he had this whole thing planned out, right? I mean, it does say in the opening credits, episode four. That that was added. Yeah. No, no, no. It was was written on the original script. The studio didn't let him put four on the original, when it was released in 77, but it was always meant to be episode four. Huh. Pardon the yes. uh, the 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 harsh beatdown, but that had no, no, beat, no that's beat great. Down. I love it. Um, <laughs> I uh, knew I had history on my side. It is, it is a brave thing. Yeah. I believe you guys. It's a brave I just, thing. Just like watching this, though, it's like this is a, a fully self-contained story. It yes. does not need anything else. I mean, because guess... the studio made him do it just in case it failed. Yeah. It could just be the one movie. So he did he did he really have the whole like? I believe him. Okay. All right. Look, look, this isn't that crazy to believe. Brandon Sanderson like shits out three of these a year. (laughs) Like this is not hard to do if you're, if you're of the mindset to do this sort of thing. I I suppose it's true. I mean, essentially when you look at it, like it's a fairly, although it may be complex in in some of its themes and how it draws some of them out. The actual story itself is incredibly simple. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And deals with like huge tropes that are, are, actually can't even be called tropes and not even cliches. They're just archetypes. Yeah. And you just fill in the archetypes and name them. Right. And then the, here's the basically this movie is just hero's journey. If you want to know how to write a three act structure, uh, sort of new world story, you look at Star Wars Episode four. This is how you do it. You know, hero goes out, learns about himself, about the world, how he how he's the chosen one. You know, it's messianic. It's 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 yeah. ingrained in the nature of of new age, newer age people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, 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 and then like, yeah, Anakin, Anakin's story is just like Luke's, except that. He chooses the dark side, and Luke chooses the light, and then in the end, he, he gets redeemed. It's fine. Yeah. 
Like, it, if you wanted to yada yada, you could explain Star Wars in like 30 seconds. <laughs> you really could. Like, it's, it's yeah. not difficult. And There's a whole lot of politics in those first three, though, in those I mean, prequels that I feel like we're not even touching on. No, we're not touching on the regulations for trade across the galaxy. Oh, but yeah. They all make, but they all make perfect sense. They do. They do. But you're like, congratulations. Yes, you wrote tax code. You know, I kind of love that shit. <laughs> I know you do. Me too. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I think when I when I say it hasn't been done since, it's it's because now once he once he did that, he gets his blank check to do his movies. Right. He tells the Luke Skywalker story and then waits for technology and everything to catch up to do his prequel story, um, having his whole opera done. Right. And then. Other people, though, now taking the lesson from Lucas don't learn that you can bet it all in the middle. And they just go like, no, we're going to start in the beginning. Here we right. go. And they also and it's kind of like a slog. <laughs> yeah. And they 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 don't get what Lucas did, which is I'm going to tell a story like what's good about stories. He just sort of like studied what stories are and how they are and made them and then told one about as American as possible. And he, he somehow made it both science fiction and fantasy. Um, but it's drawn on, you know, decades, if not centuries, of culture, experience, ideas, and feelings. And, I mean, episode seven was like, how can we make episode four without be, being obvious that we're remaking episode four? And episode... Make it partially episode six as well. <laughs> That's how you do it. Yeah, etc. So Yeah. Let Jesse, you, you look like you had a concern on your face. I saw, I saw a, a, a thought. Oh, I can't remember what it was. Uh, I don't know. It was you, something. You were doing this. I was doing this. I, I was thinking. <laughs> I was thinking of the things that y'all were saying. I can't remember what I was going to say. It was good though. It was good. Trust me. <laughs> I believe you. Uh, you. You were making that face right when I said Lucas waited for technology to catch up to the prequels. Nope, still, <laughs> still doesn't come back. I don't know. I tried. I tried. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, so, I guess looking at it, it, it Star Wars is is something I do now. I'd like to say that it's something I do have a kind of a complicated relationship with because it is responsible for so much of the things that I hate about movie going culture now, about movies in general, about uh, TV shows. Um, I think that it is very much due to Star Wars and Disney's acquiring of it and also acquiring of all intellectual property and then sort of like turning up the speakers so loud you can't hear anything else because everywhere you turn there's either a marvel stuffed at you or a star wars stuffed at you yeah or even like just anything and so in the next so loud in the next 10 years everyone will tune out and either they'll find something new that actually has some substance to it or they'll just go out of business yeah. See, I would like to believe that, but I don't think that's true. Well, they're going to run people, it as a business, but I, I mean, at least are, Star Wars will, will quit being viable as a business asset. I don't. The people aren't sick of it yet. How could they? How could people not be sick of it yet? There's like five shows about Star Wars right now, and like some of them are animated, some of them are live action. There's like shows. They got the the Patty Jenkins been in the news recently because she's doing her Rogue Squadron movie. Like, is this ever going to end? And well, if they keep losing money like they have with the Eternals and Black Widow, then it's going to end. <laughs> Eventually, the accountants gonna... will uh, will string the uh, will string the executives up by a rope and tell them uh, we're we're broke. Make a good movie. <laughs> I I want I I do want to believe that, but this year we are seeing a new Home Alone movie. 
Okay. It's on Disney Plus, like right now, actually. Like, it's so upsetting. But and it's starring it's starring the really cute kid from Jojo Rabbit. Yeah. Not but, the main kid, his friend. Oh. That's the sad. Yeah. All of ten thousand remakes of Home Alone matter less than one dreamer with one real story to tell. Maybe that's Dune. Maybe not. Maybe something entirely different. Yeah. But Lucas proved in 1977 that you could remake an industry with one project. I mean, it's true. Yeah. And also, it's because of Star Wars that you would have anything that's like a series, I think, basically coming after a big epic series, including Lord of the Rings, which is one of my favorite series. You, you would be missing out on that if you, have, if you don't have Star Wars. You'd be missing out on, I guess you'd be missing out on Game of Thrones, which... Yeah, I guess, yeah. <laughs> but we'd be missing out on Wheel of Time. Mike's new yeah. favorite. Oh, yeah, we would. I can't wait for that to come out. I, yeah, I... I we'll pr- see. We'll see. It's coming out in, like, I don't know, like, next weekend or something? Yeah, soon. Yeah. Also, yeah, I... Well, it will, it will have come out by the time this airs. So. I, I yeah. will not be watching that until you send me a very positive review. Okay. Yeah, I'm... We are I'm, all waiting on you. I'm toning down my expectations. You have been on this hype train <laughs> yeah. for months. For months. I'm and now you're backing down, out now? I'm toning them yeah. down. I, nope. this, is, this is for me. I'm doing this for me, not for anybody else. Not, not a lot. That's not what you said. I'm, you I'm said. excited, but I'm also, like, I, I want to be ready to be very... You were you know. telling me that we are converting the Not Your Father's <laughs> Instagram and Twitter pages to, to fan not pages. Your time. <laughs> not Your Father's um, Time. <laughs> I mean that that would be great. You know, I'll, I'm down. I'm down for a wheel of time. Uh, I, you know, we watched a preview for that right before we watched uh, Barb and Star go visit uh, Del Mar. Uh, Ooh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right before that, and then uh, it played, and my wife was like, "I really want to see that." I was like, "Oh, cool! It's a whole series." And she's like, "Oh, I thought it was just one movie." I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, you're you're vaguely interested. I have twenty seven books. <laughs> Yeah. There's not that many of them. I, There's how only many like there? 14 and they're you know, very long. But they were finished of off by Brandon Sanderson, who has so many good series, and I would probably not be reading any of them if Star Wars had never come out, because he also strongly has a hero archetype in his, or at least an archetype that he plays with. Um, yeah. And he also is very much influenced by, it seems like, by, by Lord of the Rings-style fantasy, which comes out years prior to him releasing a book. And then also, like, to your point about them constantly releasing more more movies and more Star Wars movies in particular, like, but th- that's the curse of the myth, right? Anytime you have a giant myth come out, whether Greek or Norse or whatever, there's a thousand different renditions of it done for all time. And some of them end up being really good. And a lot of I, them, are, I, I'm sure, are very shit. I do want to say, though, I think that our current culture and way of making entertainment is much different than it has ever been. And thus, I find the glut of content that's available um, very overwhelming in a way that I do yeah. think is not is not. There's no equivalent in human history. Yeah, I think you're right. What we have because, yeah. like, back in the day, it used to be like some drunk bard singing about like I don't know Thor or or Ares <laughs> or something, and it's like maybe I wouldn't even really. Might, that's probably not even quality stuff. Right, and even the quality stuff, Shakespeare, like he would go and sit in a pub he, apparently he did mo- most of his best writing in the middle of a loud pub in the evening 
Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I did hear about that. That might have been a little bit of a non sequitur. Sorry if it was. Now I know how to spend my days. (laughs) (laughs) The Winchester? Winchester. 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 (laughs) Until this all blows over. (laughs) It's just like, it's fascinating. Like, why why is it this way now? Is it because they're measuring uh, the the success of, of... shows and movies on numbers of people watch not necessarily like tying it to real dollars in any way because money is like I don't know what even is it anymore? Well, money's just like money's it's, just like it's, it's, it's a fugazi. It's a fugazi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, do we have enough money to make another Star Wars movie? Like, uh, yeah, what of was course that, we have enough money. Of course we have enough money to make, you know, another Star Wars movie because everyone's gonna watch it because all we have to do is put it out on the streaming service that everyone's paying four ninety nine a month for and they're gonna watch it. They're gonna turn it on because they're bored as shit and they've got nothing else to do. Yep. Like, there's just content. It's all just about making content and seeing how many eyes go over it and then it's not even, like... It's like this black box of numbers. I, I'm just going into this. <laughs> but no, but no, like I, I feel so much of that frustration too. I, I even hate the fact that we so easily moved into calling it content. Yeah. Because it doesn't even feel worth the time or the energy needed to say the word art. Yeah. Like it's not even worth that, and we no, know that ex- implicitly by just saying content. We're like, yeah, I saw some content. Like, yeah, what are you talking about content? <laughs> and then you see Dune, and you're like, wait, that's art. Why? Yeah. Why would I waste my time with with this one hundred thousand hours on Netflix and Apple Plus and Disney Plus and Peacock and Hulu, etc. Yeah. So yeah, don't watch that stuff. Watch the good no. stuff. I saw I saw some good content. It was called Dune. <laughs> have, you guys, have you guys seen my life's um, got good the... content i had good breakfast yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. what'd you say mike um have you guys seen this star wars animated series that they put out have you guys watched that i, I no. tried i tried and the writing it's for it's for kids yeah and look, it's for dumb and, and, kids and, and, and <laughs> i love that you said that because i i know a lot of people who are friends who are good friends of mine that really love that and they, they defend it. They say it has, like, beautiful arcs. It's, like, some of the best Star Wars has to offer. But I I think it's ugly. I, I It's not nice to look at. And I think the dialogue is very poor. And they're, the shows are just too long. You can't, you can't make me watch, like, 30 or 40 hours of this. Like, the all of Star Wars put together is not 30 or 40 hours of this. I can't do this. <laughs> And yeah. it's not even about it's, those this, characters. It's not that deep. There's not, this uh, is, it's know. probably more about, uh, well, we're all, we, we were on lockdown, and now we have to, have to keep the kids busy while we do work, so. Wait, wait. No, I mean, like, the, the not, like, the. Um, Rebels and the Bad Batch. No, no, not those ones. Visions. Uh, oh. They put out, like, uh, no, maybe. You mean, like, the old Clone Wars? Wars? No, not the Clone no, Wars. No, yeah, it's the anime about? one. There's like an anime? anime series, this yeah. anime series, and it's That's like Clone Wars. No, 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 no. Star Wars, Star Wars. Wars Visions. It's like it's its own like separated every every episode. It's like a new person with a new story, new characters coming on. Yeah, only kind of like vaguely connected. Yeah, it's called Star Wars Visions. Being... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's all. And it's like it... this anime series of um. No, and when I say anime, I don't mean like anime like Clone Wars. I mean full on anime, Star yeah, Wars. Yeah, he d- he means full on anime. Yeah, everybody, it's anime. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Pass. I have not watched this. I I've yeah, heard it's I, really good. I I have not seen it though. I 
Yeah. This 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 screams content to me. This first yeah. episode here is 15 minutes. You know, I I didn't well, I haven't watched it because I also didn't like Marvel's What If. I watched two episodes of that and said, <laughs> I don't really want to watch anything else. I enjoyed I enjoyed the first two episodes, but I I did not watch further. That that's okay. I keep stuff like that. That's that's what I call my editing shows. So when I edit the episodes, yeah. that's the thing I turn on. Yeah. And I had to stop watching, for instance, Loki, because I was so bored by Loki, <laughs> and also very annoyed at the episode I was editing. I was like, none of this is fun. And at least so, yeah. like Marvel What If, I could look at the screen, and there was like colors. Yeah. And I was like, oh, shit, like, something's <laughs> happening. Wow, look at that. Yeah, Loki was really... Yeah. Um, I, I guess what, what the reason why I brought it up is like, I, I haven't watched it either. I guess I want to. Uh, but the idea behind it is that it's kind of taking Star Wars images or imagery and, like, these aren't connected to anything in the Star Wars, like, universe that we have. It's not connected to, like, the, the juggernaut that is Star Wars. It's just kind of taking the IP and, and like, this using sounds, it. This sounds to... kind of like John's 80 novels. Yeah, it is. I think it is kind of like that. I would disagree. Be- not uh, well, At least well, universally. Well, well, can, 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 I, can I explain what I mean by that? Yes, the, yes, The idea of is, like, like, there was so much kind of, like, you know, canon, non-canon, whatever. People put out so much um, so much stuff about Star Wars, about the Star Wars universe, and some of it was, you know, whatever it is. Um, and uh, it was kind of, like Jesse said, a, a creative sandbox. Like, this Star Wars universe was a creative sandbox that people took you know went went to great lengths with and and like so many things in our culture that are even touchstones today i think are built out of it um it kind of seems like they're trying to they're looking at that the fact that people used to do that and now they own the ip they're like well maybe there was something about that that people liked so what if we try to do this it makes me i i'm i guess i'm trying to dredge up some sort of like hope <laughs> well, so, I mean, sue me. I want to hope. Go uh, ahead. Go ahead. I mean, it's I, yeah, yeah. They they seem comparable in this that like there's lots of them. The books, I mean, <laughs> but some are good, some are bad, some are terrible, some are boring, some are wonderful. Um, let's see. Out of the novels, I mean, there's two hundred something novels. Um, out of the ones I read, like Timothy Zahn wrote six novels. Oh, they were all I, very good. I read I read uh, a Thrawn one. Heir to the Empire? No, I think it was just called Thrawn. Okay. That, oh, that yeah. One. Then that was the... <laughs> so L- Disney said, oh, by the way, we're going to wipe out the whole history. So those 200 plus novels are now not canon. So Timothy Zahn just started rewriting his books. <laughs> but anyway... Um, but yeah, you've got like Timothy Zahn writes these six wonderful stories that in a lot of ways could be like further episodes. Uh, but then you've got uh, the Bounty Hunter trilogy, which is like half a story's worth in three books and you're just reading and reading and reading and it's dull as all get out. Um, actually I'm just talking about books now cause I want to, I've lost the thread <laughs> of what we're talking about. <laughs> Uh, well, I, I will say that we're, we're yeah. talking about Star Wars Visions and talking about whether or not there's any hope. And I don't know. I haven't seen them. I, honestly, I think I'll take a look at them. And one of the things that, that gives me hope is I'm not recognizing a whole lot of people who are involved in these stories. So that tells me that at least they're, I don't know. Like, 
it, I would be more worried if I if these were a bunch of really big names that would feel like it's more of a more of a sellout. But if it's a bunch of creators who are given the chance, in this weird series called Star Wars Visions, where they get to tell their Star Wars story, I'm gonna I'll watch that. I'll give it a shot. Yeah, I'm probably I mean, it, many... it. It has a chance. Yeah, as long as Paul Bettany is not credited in any of these, <laughs> um, as Vision. Well, I feel like uh, 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 very good, very very. Good. I feel yeah. like That's you know so Disney's stupid. like fighting with itself, being this oh, corporate yeah. juggernaut, but also like they hire indie filmmakers like Chloe Zhao to Zhao to make movies and like the Eternals. But then they don't restrict, yeah, like the Eternals, I, which I haven't seen yet. Um, and but then they like they're like oh well with this corporate culture we're here to make money and I don't know I feel like they're fighting with themselves because they want to get be a, a I don't know I don't I, I hate the words I'm going to use here like a platform for people to get their voices out there using some really awesome like IP which yeah. like all As, of those words make me depressed um, <laughs> because <laughs> but if they could actually do that like that would be awesome well, that if also, they could create something with substance it would be an accident yeah. because they're not looking for <laughs> substance they're looking for money makers but if something su- of substance does happen it because of it will be because of values it'll uh, values that somebody actually holds and supports you know that are worth something um, for instance artistic integrity <laughs> uh what you want to say, Jesse? Sorry. Oh, I, I, I guess I guess I just said that I don't recognize anybody from the cast in in uh, Star Wars Visions, but when I Google it, I suddenly recognize some people from the cast. So I don't know which way. It, I don't know. I don't know who's in this show. I can't tell. But either IMDb and Google are telling me it's two separate. Amazon and Google, get your get your shit together, man. Is all I'm going to say. That's what I want to say. <laughs> Yeah. It may well be that Star Wars has a lot more, a lot more life, a lot more beautiful things to give us, but it might be that its time is done and someone has to come up with a new story. I well, if that is if that is Wheel of Time or if that is Dune, mm-hmm. then that would be great. Uh, and if it's something that we don't even know about yet, then I'm even more excited. Um, I have a feeling guess, that's going to be it. Yeah, I guess we will. Well, let's let's. Wait, I got caught in a, in, a, in a quantum conundrum because we have already released him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to refer back to my you know thoughts what? later in the yeah. future. Um, <laughs> but thank you, John, so much for coming on and talking about oh, my pleasure. Uh, Star Wars Episode Four. This has been uh, way too much fun. Thank you so much for inviting me on, and it's great to see you all again. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah great to too. see Thanks you, man. Thank you for coming. And fantastic. And for for everyone out there, uh, you know, hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. Um, please email us at not this three hour episode. Yeah. Oh, it it won't even be that close. Oh, it might might be. No, no, it won't. Uh, <laughs> find all of our socials and go to our website nyfmovies.com. Please reach out to us. Uh, let us know what you think. I know we've all dropped some spicy takes on some Star Wars this evening. Mm-hmm. So let us know. Uh, let us know how that makes you feel. If you hate us, well, I don't know. Let's Please not. tell us if you love us. Also, like we just no, no, just hate. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but for all of us at Not Your Father's Movies, uh, I'm Vito. I'm Mike. I'm Jesse, and I'm John. Good night.